What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Super Scope Podcast, your wrap-up in this week's biggest gaming stories, leaks, and rumors. We're back for episode 39, almost 40 episodes, um, on Sunday, July 24th. I'm sorry, July 20, 31st. <laughs> I am your host, Retro Game Dude, and of course, joining me as always is my co-host, Daisuke Aurora of Phoenix Aurora Gaming. Feel free to join in the discussion live on Twitch and Discord, or if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you tap and like uh, tap the like and subscribe button. It helps us out a ton. And make sure you go over to Spotify and Google Podcasts and Stitcher um, and follow us on there. That helps us tremendously um, with the Anchor program uh, through Spotify. So please do that <clears throat> when you can. Um, thanks, Aurora. How the hell are you this week? Uh, doing good. Just uh, admiring your background. You have the Game Boy Color version of Crossfire. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you got caught up in it. We did. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> we did oh man um i'm not feeling the best this week it feels like i'm getting like the pre-sick feeling um yeah getting a lot in the back of my throat and it kind of sucks i had to take a nap earlier just because i just felt drained after writing this podcast not that the podcast writing is draining it's just that i just felt terrible so um that's where i am right now so let's talk about the state of the stream yeah I keep, I keep telling you, man, like, I appreciate the effort with writing the podcast, but you don't have to write the entire thing in uh, ASCII. Like, <laughs> nice. you can use WordPad or something. WordPad. I get it. You know, you do what works, but... I, I, I'm old school, man. I write it in binary and just copy and paste it into a binary <laughs> translator. Like, doing, like, the, the, the alt keys, like, where you hold, like, alt and you hit some number keys and yeah. it does, like, symbols and stuff. You're, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> finding letters that way. <laughs> That's how I do all my bullet oh, points man. on Google Docs. Is there an easy way to do it? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I used to know. There's one I always used to use. I think it's like Alt 121, is like the paragraph symbol. I don't remember why I know that one. I don't know. It's like the double S. For some reason, that one was like one that I I learned and then never like put it down. Well, Google Docs does not work with that. That's for sure. I just tried oh it and it was like, yeah oh the the plus minus. I think mm. it's I think it's Alt 21 or something. Oh, gotcha. Nope, Alt 21 is the paragraph one. Um, I used to know the plus minus because I used it in college for like math programs where they'd be like, yeah, you know. Show me this thing, and the answer was like plus or minus a number because it wasn't an absolute value, mm -hmm. and like it'd be like like a you know which two points intersect, and it would be the same thing. Sure. And like they were like, yeah, you know, the correct answer is plus or minus that, and I'm like, okay, but you guys have a little thing of symbols I can pick from, and plus minus isn't there, and they're like, yep, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> and then like no matter what you put, it wouldn't be it'd be the wrong answer unless you alt keyed in the plus minus thing. Right. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> love it. Great system. No notes. Gotta love it. <laughs> notes. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So, we had a Jackbox stream last night. Um, we had a good time, I think. Oh, yeah. We had a really good turnout. We were packing the room the whole night, man. It was really good. So, this, the Jackbox uh, post-COVID is ticking back off. Uh, Claire's back. She says, hi, guys. Happy Sunday. Sorry I'm late to the party. You're always on time. There's no such thing as late. Murdering people in Mario Kart. <laughs> nice. Love it. She is ruthless in Mario Kart. She'll um, she'll get you. And then she does stuff, and she'll say it like as sweet as possible. Like some people just aren't that good. <laughs> like she'll just <laughs> shit on your heart. <laughs> I love. I love it. Right. Well. <laughs> um. So we did Stray on Tuesday and Wednesday. It was my first Tuesday and Wednesday stream since post-COVID. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it was a, um, a really good game. Holy shit, it's so good. Um, if you have not played it yet, I recommend going and playing it as soon as you possibly can. Um, 
definitely a great game. I'm hoping that for some kind of a sequel in the future and or you know, something in that same vein. Um, but yeah, I'm, I can't speak enough for it. The world, world building is great. Um, so much polish for, for an indie game that we yeah. don't even see with like AAA titles anymore. Um, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. So, yeah, I, I can't speak enough good about that game. I, I just recommend going to playing it. If you have PlayStation Plus, no excuse, go play it. Um, and if you have it on, if you have Steam, go buy it on Steam. Support the company. Yeah, absolutely. I think I saw. I caught your Tuesday stream, not the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And the like. It's a good way to put it. It was very like crisp and clean in like execution. You never really yes. had these like weird physics problems, like bumping into things. Didn't feel like you never had these weird issues. Like even and for a game, it'd be one thing if it was just a game where you're walking around, but like you're a cat and you can bump into objects and knock things over, and it all interacted perfectly. It was like mm-hmm. seamless. You never had these weird bouncy physics happening or objects clipping or anything. And like you said, I mean, that studio was like it started as two people, and I don't think they ever broke. Double digits. I don't, I'm not right. Pretty sure they only got like four or five new people when they when they picked up funding. Um, and their funding was Annapurna Interactive, who at the time in 2016 was also nobody. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any titles published yet. So this was you know a studio of two people getting funded by a publisher that no one had ever heard of, and maybe growing their team to like a half a dozen or eight nine people or something. Right. So uh, it, tremendous it, tremendous work. Well done for those people. It really makes you um, think. Like the games that come out with AAA studios that have hundreds or even a, a thousand people on their teams, and oh, the yeah. result that you get um, makes you question, like, what what do these studios do? Because like, if you can see the polish and the vision um, and the execution on these smaller games, it's like, what, what are these big studios doing when they're releasing just these unfinished skeletons of games? It's insane. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it was one. I was reading up about this uh, about Stray, so we could talk about it today. And one thing I thought was really cool was, um, the original scope for the game was much larger and mm-hmm. much grander. And they scoped in. They 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 dialed in the scope and they brought in the scale of the game as they got funding and realized how big their team would actually be sure. and what timing windows they wanted. They actually successfully scaled that game down and scoped it all the way down to where they have it now. <clears throat> and I feel like that's 80% of the problem with a lot of games these days. We talk about things like Cyberpunk or, I mean, almost any AAA studio has this problem to an extent, and it comes down to how good you handle it. Mm-hmm. Doping and scaling is a massive problem for for the video game industry. Like, there's even a phrase in the industry for uh, called scope creep, which is where, like, you keep adding to a project oh, and yeah, we talked pushing about it down the line and adding more money and adding more time and needing more resources and... Opecube causes a game that uh, to end up in development hell. They end up just mm-hmm. taking forever on the game because they keep trying to add. What if we add this mechanic? What if we add this new level? What if, what if we add this thing? What if we do options here? What if we? And it sounds so easy on paper to be like, what if we make three pathways at this point in the game instead of one, like a branching decision? Mm-hmm. But that has impacts on the mechanics. It has impacts on the encounters you have, the story. Sure. You have to redo dialogue. You have to redo assets. You have to make new areas. Maybe you have to. Mm-hmm. Can do bug testing for like how does the game handle when did you miss a flag that was in that path that you didn't put in the other two paths and now there's a missing flag and something breaks like it's it sounds so easy on paper to be like what if we had a second route here that connects back later but it, it's it takes you eight seconds to do that and eight months right. to make it um, well, that's why you'll so see a lot of games cool that give that. Like, the illusion of choice um yeah with like branching storylines but then they, they all re- reconverge into like just one ending and people complain yeah, about absolutely. that a lot it's like well they have to give you that illusion because building out that world is just not realistic. Yeah, it would take 
forever oh. to do. Or I mean, if you have the team for it and you have the time for it, great, you know, do sure. that. Um, but a lot of games, the two problems are one, a lot of people don't have that time or money or the resources, or the assets. And then the other problem that happens a lot of time with that is they don't have, um, it's not it's a good way to put this. <clears throat> it doesn't really fit the scope or like theme of the game. Like it's not necessary to do it. They'll take it. It's almost like shoehorning, right? They'll mm-hmm. just be like, Hey, you know what? What if we added, you know, this mechanic because people like this mechanic. And it's like, does your game need that mechanic? Are you using that mechanic to tell the story? Are you using that mechanic to immerse the player? Does it do anything in your game other than be popular with other games right now? Mm-hmm. Like crafting. How many times do we see video games where it's like, this game does this, that, this, that, this, that, all and then crafting. And the crafting is like two things combined to make one thing. And you only craft three things throughout the game. And it's just a random, like, inserted, like, oh, yeah, you craft. You can also craft. And it's like, okay, but I'm never looking for this stuff. You guys, they don't hide this stuff anywhere. So there's no reason for me to search and explore for these items to craft. There's no cool recipes to craft. It's literally just, like, health kits, grenades, and ammo. Mm -hmm. So, like, what am I even doing? Why don't you just let me buy ammo, health kits, and grenades from the vendor and cut out the middleman of me, like, finding two random items in the wild that drop from enemies and then having twice my inventory filled with these items while I'm waiting to craft them. And the then result is I just turn ammo. Then. It's like... Yeah, it's like if the game just turns into ammo. Like, it's just ammo. Just give me ammo. Right. Like, it'd be one thing if it's like, you know, a, a deep system where, like, I can get gunpowder and make a bunch of ammos, and I can also make different explosives, and I can also make other things with it, like medicines. Sure, then you've got an immersive crafting thing. But if your game doesn't have that as a core mechanic or theme or feature, why am I crafting? Mm-hmm. If I'm in... If I'm in the future, in like a cyber shooter game, way, way out in the future, why am I crafting bullets with like, like Chinese, like ancient Chinese, like gunpowder in a pile right? and the horn thing? And I like shove it into the thing and it's like, yeah, you crafted a bullet. And I'm like, dude, I live in this. The game takes place in 2200. Like, right. Why can't why I just 3D print bullets? I can do that today. Don't why would I need to do now. this to 200 right. years from now? Yeah, it's like. So a lot of a lot of games suffer from this sort of shoehorning. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw it with Star Citizen, like, the goddamn like, um, bed physics, bed sheet bed physics. <laughs> bed sheet like physics. they announced this, and they're like, everyone's just like, "All right, are you ever going to release a final version of this game? Because this is ridiculous now." Hey, listen, I will not touch a a AAA game if it doesn't have bed sheet physics. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's a breaking point for me. No, but that's exactly a good example of that. It's like, who asked for this? Who are you helping with this? Is this helping the game? Like, like, go back and look at, like, the Mega Man games. The Mega Man games were good, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine if, like, in Mega Man 2, there was, like, you played Mega Man 2 and you got, like, through four Robot Masters, and then they were like, hang on, you have to do this thing. And the, the, this thing in the middle was, like, playing, like, a Dr. Mario-style minigame. And then you beat it, and they were like, here's a one-up. And then you went and did the other four Robot Masters. You would be like, why was that there? Right. Why did I do that? <laughs> like, did you guys just develop a cool Dr. Robotic Bean Machine game and be like, we need to get it in there somewhere? Like, <laughs> for what? <laughs> so, yeah. And it breaks the immersion, right? Because you're, like, fighting robot masters and saving the world from these robot masters, and then you're like, we had to stop to play Bean Machine. Like, what? <laughs> well, think about, like, yeah. how much better Breath of the Wild would have been without, maybe not, like, all the crafting, but, like, having it some of it dialed back. The, the amount of food that you can craft yeah. is obscene. The, the I, weapon, I, weapon stuff, I just, I never got behind. Like, I love the game, but, uh, but like, traditionally, the the whole point of, like, um, Zelda was you find the Master Sword, then you just use that for the rest of the game. That's, like, the peak weapon. You don't have to worry about weapons anymore. 
but yeah. in the wild you find it, but it doesn't really work all that well until you're into the, into the Ganon's castle, and it's like why? It feels yeah, so that bad. was that was a uh, that was one of those things where like they definitely had a a, a gameplay. They, so that was like one of those like sort of reverse situations where like they had a gameplay mechanic they wanted. They wanted mm-hmm. to make different situations where different weapons felt better, and that they wanted to encourage you to switch weapons and use different weapons and stuff. And they botched it because by making them break, people hoarded them and didn't use them for anything. I think by the time I got to the end of Breath of the Wild, I had like two of each sword of yeah, element types. The elixir. So dilemma. that I had them in case. It's right. the elixir dilemma, exactly. And <clears throat> you had this problem in Breath of the Wild with that where like breaking weapons didn't feel good. Being forced to switch out to weapons you didn't want to have to use felt like you were like burning resources. Nothing about that felt good. No. Um and, and I understand why they did it, because it facilitates the changing of weapons, and they were trying to force that, but that is not the way to do it. Well, you, you could do it through gameplay mechanics. You could have enemies that just straight up won't get hit by a longsword. They'll block it every time, and you need a heavy weapon to get through their guard. Or a flying enemy who's out of reach of the melee weapons, so you have to use the boomerang-style weapons. Like, there was gameplay mechanics that could have solved that problem with weapon switching where like weapon you know only certain types you could even do like almost like a weapon wheel like mm-hmm. this weapon beats that weapon beats that weapon beats that weapon a b c d etc sure rock, paper, um, scissors kind of and thing. players would learn that yeah players mm-hmm. would learn that and be like okay i see this dude's got a battle axe the only way i beat this guy is if i hit him with a long sword if i use the axe they'll he'll block me on it he'll parry me and if i use like a great sword he'll just block that too like you could make a mechanic where that would happen, and players would react accordingly. And we've seen that in Zelda games, and even in the Zelda games with the Wii boats, they had enemies where like they'd use rotted shields with holes in it, and you had to hit the holes. Or like monsters would have specific parts of their shell would have a line shape, and you could cut into that line shape. Mm-hmm. So obviously, the developers at Zelda understand how to make the mechanics dictate the pace of like combat. But for some reason, I almost wonder if it was a crunch thing and they phoned it in at the last minute, this breaking mechanic, because while it does solve the problem of weapon switching, everything else about it feels bad. And it it makes for a horrible experience. Well, it'll be interesting to see what what happens with Breath of the Wild 2 when that comes out and see what kind of polish they add to that system or if they completely scrap it for a completely different system to begin with. Um, I think just that retrospective will answer a lot of questions. <clears throat> yeah, I, I have to imagine the break system has to go. There was, it was the yeah. only thing people hated about that game. Right. It, like, to this day, if you ask people what was bad about Breath of the Wild, well, the two things about Breath of the Wild people disliked was the breaking system, and then the world was very big, but also very empty at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and collecting Koroks was stupid, because once you got past a certain number of Koroks, you could collect another 600, and you'd get, like, literally poop for it. Right. Actual poop. Literally, so, like, yeah. Okay, cool. come on. Um... So there's improvements to be made, but I think, like, I don't know, it's weird to watch Breath of the Wild happen, and then around, like, a similar time frame, watch, like, Link Between Worlds happen. And Link Between Worlds is so well done, mechanically, and, like, in the combat. Like, dude, there was one point, there's one boss where you stick to his shield, Mm -hmm. and he loses track of you, and he spins around looking for you, and then you can attack him. Brilliant stuff, dude. Like, it really makes the, 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 the mechanics of the game become super immersive mm-hmm. not just like yeah i can go on the wall to hide from this guy but like no you can actually do cool things and unique things with them Fair. and you're rewarded for being clever mm-hmm. and breath of the wild just didn't really have that in their combat maybe in the exploring and, and shrines and stuff some of it or in the in the puzzles of solving the actual big animal things but like the combat for that game was kind of phoned in brain dead skyrim combat right you swing swords at dudes you get different things to swing at dudes like I don't know. It felt like the only really immersive experiences were like guardian fights and lionel fights. And yeah, 
other than that, everything else was just like swing thing at thing until it falls over. So <laughs> no doubt. And and like like the guardian fights had a bit of that because the guardian fights had like they would use weapons of like different types like the axe and the sword and ha- what they were using changed how they fought you mm-hmm. so you had to adapt but they didn't go far enough to make it so like only certain weapons of yours would be useful in those situations you could still just whip out anything and smash them with it you didn't have this like I need to use a certain weapon or anything so there was room for improvement for sure big time um no I I we'll see what Breath of the Wild two looks like. Um. Yeah, scope creep bad. <laughs> scope creep bad indeed. Better loop it back to where we were. <laughs> That's cool. All right. So, uh, this schedule this week. Um, I'm gonna try and do a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Obviously, it's always going to be set to demand. Um, on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So, um, hopefully, people in my Discord and my team show up so we can actually do an, another one. Um, I always there's always interest, but then there's just the the show up thing is is always a thing. Um. Yeah. Any streamer out there that does like stuff like multiplayer knows it's like hurting cats. So it's uh, so um, Wednesday, possibly if all the parts come in, I do have a Game Boy Color I'll be modding. Um, it's actually Claire's Game Boy Color, so we're going to be putting um, that to the test with some screen mods and a couple of other mods I haven't done yet on a Game Boy Color. So make sure you tune into that. Um, that will definitely be going up on my um, YouTube as well as a tutorial. I have a couple other. Um, YouTube's that we uh, videos up there for like controller repair and stuff like that. So uh, make sure you check that out. <clears throat> this is that one you sent me. You told me not to tell her. You got that Moth Girl shell, right? Moth Girl shell, yeah, the entire, yeah. Like it's, it's literally like twice the size of the original Game Boy now, right? It is. is. What you're saying? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I had to 3D print the shell because it's literally like this big. <laughs> She's excited. She's like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, love it. Um. What the hell am I playing this week besides Final Fantasy fourteen? I don't think I'm playing anything else. Um, I did get Xeno Gear Blade Gears, Xeno Blade three. I did not get to play it yet. I was gonna try and play a little bit of it today, but not feeling well kind of hindered that. Um, so maybe I'll try and play a little bit of it tomorrow. I still have a um, couple things I have to do around the house. Um, for stuff I bought on Amazon Prime Day, um, a couple projects there. So. I did get some new 3D filament. I'm going to be printing a couple things, and um, I'll probably be doing some live streaming of that on TikTok. I have to find a designated, uh, a dedicated device I can stream on TikTok, so I'm not using up my phone. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll be doing that. So um, speaking of TikTok, uh, if you look at, for my social media accounts, obviously if you're here, you know um, Retro Game Dude on Twitch, uh, but also TikTok, and then uh, you can find me at Game Dude Retro on Twitter. Um, I'm not really doing Instagram anymore because Instagram kind of sucks as a platform. I uh, there's no point in using it. It's it's yeah, you've been talking about that absolute shit. So it's TikTok too, except for you didn't need <laughs> yeah. to, but except that you actually have. Um, some some recourse as to what you want to watch on TikTok, but yeah, like we were talking before, too, yeah. like Instagram is, is is like for content I want to see specifically, where TikTok's more of a discovery platform, and I, I'm there right. for two different reasons. Uh, so I, I just yeah. I, it's hard to gain traction on that platform anymore. It's not worth investing my time in. So I'm not even gonna worry about talking about it, uh, Instagram anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at with that. Um, quick word from our sponsors. HandheldLegend.com. Um, if you're looking to do game mods like I am, uh, especially with the Game Boy Color or um, a Neo Geo Pocket Color, putting in like backlit screens, if you're looking for stands, new shells, 
different color buttons, all kinds of accessories, head on over to handheldlegend.com. Uh, you can use handheldlegend.com slash retrogamedude or retrogamedude at, uh, at the checkout to get 10 bucks off your first order. Um, you get get some help on that, and I guess I get a little bit of a, a taste of that as well. Um, and that obviously helps uh, fund the channel. So please do that. <clears throat> That's cool. We'd appreciate it. <laughs> so, all right. Um, let's get into some quick headlines. Um, we have PlayStation Plus Essentials games for August 22 announced. Um, let's take a look here what we have. So we have Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, Yakuza Like a Dragon, and Little Nightmares. Um, that's a pretty banger lineup, and I don't think we've seen oh, yeah. a, I don't think we've seen a lineup like that for the PlayStation monthly games in quite a minute. Um, I definitely have Tony Hawk on the top of my list there. Uh, that's something I've been meaning to get around to play. I'll definitely be checking that out. So if you need me, I'll be in the uh, Chicago warehouse listening to uh, Goldfinger. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> when you not listen to Goldfinger in that game, it's so good. Absolutely. I th- that game did more at my, in my youth for music discovery than MTV did in 20 years. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, that so. was like the only reason I learned what the ska genre was was because of that game. Right. I was like, what am I listening to? <laughs> Exactly. All right. I have uh, heard 99 Red Balloons before, though. Indeed. That's, I think it was, dude, they're they, so oh, good. They're so good. They played it. They played that song in Rocket Power the movie. That's why I knew it. <laughs> Rocket Power the movie? What that, the hell is that? That's the thing. You remember the show Rocket Power? No. Should I? Um, it was a Nickelodeon show. It was... See, this, see, there's a bit of an age gap between us, and it might there have been is. on my way out yeah. of the yeah the, the demographic for that show. It was a Nickelodeon show about, like, these four kids that lived on, like, a beach area, and they were all surfers and skateboarders and, like, dude bros. And, okay, um, I kind of, this is like a, like, um, uh, it's like, what, exports kind of stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. They did a bunch of different, they were all sports kids, they did all kinds of different sports, and they mm-hmm. made a movie at one point. And they used uh they used nine hundred red balloons in it, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that was cool. That's great. Um all right, so more quick headlines here. Uh the creator of Disco Elysium is looking for artists with a love of sci-fi and space. And I'll tell you, uh this headline got me a little a little aroused. I'm not gonna lie. Disco Elysium <laughs> being one of the best games I have ever played, um, and then the inclusion of like having something like that play in a sci-fi universe. Oh god. <laughs> I'm there for it so hard. That's what she so, said. So, disclosure: I didn't play Disco Elysium yet. That's all right. However, you still have time. Uh, I was watching someone talking about it the other day, and like, it was the wildest story. They were like, "So you've played the game, so you may know what this is about." Mm-hmm. And I guess mild spoilers for Disco Elysium, but to be fair, I'm pretty sure it's not really plot relevant. It's just a thing that happens near the beginning sure. of the game. You can, you can die like immediately in that game. Mm-hmm. Like trying to get like your tie off the fan, you can just die. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a part where you have to sit in a chair and talk to a guy, mm-hmm. and there's a check to see if you're like wrong enough to sit in the chair without getting hurt by it. And if you fail the check, then it does like a damage check. And if you fail the damage check, it does one point of damage. And if you're in a bad position going into that room, you get stuck in a situation where you have to sit in the chair, and the chair will hurt, and the hurt will kill, and you will have died from sitting in a chair. I will say there is a That's lot of saving and reloading in that game. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, I'm like, I'm reading stories about it, and people are like, "Yeah, one time I was in like a hotel lobby, and the guy told me I owed him a bill, and my options were to like 
try to leave or pay the bill, and I, I picked try to leave, and I critical failed. So my dude sprints away from the front desk, jumps at the last second, turns, and flips double middle fingers at the guy at the front desk, and I slammed into a girl in a wheelchair and died. And I was like, <laughs> what is this game? <laughs> I love it. Sounds like a trip. I'll definitely have to check it out. That's great, man. Yeah, I, I'm nope. excited for whatever this is. I don't know if this is going to be a direct sequel. Um, I, I have a hard time believing it would be, but I, I, I would anything out of this universe that's or or anything that's relative as far as gameplay and story building as Disbelizio, I'm I'm there for it. And when you say sci-fi, oh boy, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I'm, I don't want to train wreck the stream, but my wife is making funny faces at me about wanting to go behind my camera to grab something. <laughs> There you go. She just did the she just did the face wrap. Don't worry, we're not gonna clip it. <laughs> clip, 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 clip. Nice. No, um Yeah, good stuff. Um I've seen I've seen like a couple people talk about it before and, and you've talked about it and it just mm -hmm. I didn't realize how chaotically D and D like oriented it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's wild. It's almost exclusively like everything is like dice roll checks in that game and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's great. Like, like I said, there is a lot of stuff where it's like, okay, I need this to be successful. Some stuff is like, ah, I don't care. But there's some stuff that's like, okay, I'm going to save it right here because I need this. Yeah. I need this jacket or I need something. I need this. And it'll take a couple yeah. times um, to get it. But yeah, it's it's so fun. I, I I can't recommend that game enough. Yeah, it sounds like it, it kind of sounds like Fallout's like discussion progression system, but like mm -hmm. on steroids. Because sure. like all the actions built on that too. Normally in Fallout, it's like, the way you talk to people changes maybe some settings or some, like, situations or, like, how people are attached to you and, like, the relationships you have. But, like, in Disco Elysium, it's just straight up, like, uh, your dice rolls can turn into, like, whole sequences of action. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. All right. We have um, Microsoft. This is a wild one. Um <clears throat> But there is context. Microsoft defends Activision Blizzard's acquisition, claims studio makes no must-have games. Um, whew. <laughs> I mean, they're saying the quiet part out loud, but, I mean, are they Yeah, wrong? we knew that. Yeah. That, well, because we knew, when we talked about this acquisition, when people compared it to Sony snapping up Bungie, and we were like, Bungie makes one really successful IP and has several IPs right. on the way. Activision, Blizzard, King, like... They have passive success with things like Candy Crush that used to be hot and are just kind of cruising. Mm -hmm. And they have plenty of franchises like that, but like they don't have a killer uh, killer software right now. Sure. They don't. Well, we have, I mean, maybe down the line, but... That's the thing. It's like Microsoft knows they have a huge back catalog that they don't touch. Yeah. Um, they have yep, absolutely. all hands on deck for Call of Duty releases. The last one stumbled. Um, World yeah. of Warcraft is always in a state of chaos. Um, they're not yeah. really onboarding new players that even now, even when they're like, fixing the game, uh, they're having a hard time bringing players back. Um, sure. and then Candy Crush. So, so, I mean, those three games make up 82% of Blizzard's net revenue. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, and, and like we've discussed before too, Microsoft has a knack for buying studios that are past their prime. Um, it's almost every studio that, that they have releasing games right now is, Studios that they bought up past their prime, um, yep. With the exception of like maybe Mojang, but what is Mojang doing besides Minecraft shit? So yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and to be fair, it feels like that pretty much built itself up from the ground ahead of time, and they mm -hmm. just happen to have a good relationship with them or something, right? They definitely didn't scoop it when it was doing bad or anything. They just happened to scoop it. 
Exactly. But, exactly. I, I, that's where I think like they're like the one outlier. Where, I mean, you look at <clears throat> Bethesda, like they kind of peaked with like Skyrim. Um, Fallout seventy six did not do numbers, and um, mm-hmm. we all know the controversies behind that. Um, and, and there's sure. other stu- studios too that they've bought up where it's just like, okay, well they haven't done anything, and they're not doing anything now either. So. It's just seems right. to be their, their way of bus- doing business. And I don't know if they, they've even been accused of like purposely devaluing Activision stock before making an offer. So, yeah, it's, it's as easy as making a public statement about all the accusations what doing or stuff, what's happening or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they were one, I think they were the first one to come out when the news came out about Activision when it broke. They were the first one to come out and be like, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. And then Sony did it and Nintendo did it. I don't remember which one did second and third, but they both followed like the same day or the next day right. or whatever. But, like you said, very well, Xbox could have been like, hey, if we go out there and say, like, this is unacceptable, do they dip? And if they dip, do, like, do we scoop? Like, <laughs> so who knows? I mean, obviously, I'd, I'd like to think that's not the case, but. Right. So this is going to business, so. Sure is. Uh, so speaking of Activision, we also have another headline with them. Um, they apparently stole some, some art from a, uh indie artist for Call of Duty Vanguard. Again, we were just talking about how great Vanguard's doing right now. Um, so we have a graphic of this here. The left here is the the original artwork, and then this is the um, the product that they have on their 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 play page or platform or whatever. Um, with I guess like cosmetics you can buy for your character. Um, and like, the artist even went through great lengths to kind of point out this the you know the the very very dead on similarities here. Um, I mean it, it's yeah. a verbatim it's a verbatim ripoff with like maybe some change in the pants um but still like you know it's still crumpled pants but like there's a loop over the shoulder um the patch the patch is tying the the, yeah it's just like the pouch on the side um it's a joke like i just like this is a billion dollar studio and again once again like these studios have to resort to theft of other people's intellectual property to turn a profit and this is the first time they've been caught um yeah i'd i'd like to see maybe like in a few days down the road, I'd like to see who exactly gets pinned on this one because I've seen mm-hmm. things like this happen before with like Sony where like Sony used like a stolen like footage reel of that someone animated for right. like one of their big summer project, like summer presentations. And it turned out one of their artists just straight up ripped it and they did not catch that it was ripped until yeah. it went online. So this could easily be some dude in house at Activision just plagiarized sure. and they didn't have any clue when they put it out. Right. And if that's the case, that's, but I mean, either way it sucks, but but um, yeah, no, I've, I've unfortunately, yeah, we've we've seen this too many times to right. uh, like not like you know to to blame Activision, but like the the people who work for these studios should know better than to do this because it, every time this happens, the internet finds out. It doesn't exactly. just get buried or like exactly. every time this happens, it goes viral. People are like, yeah, you know, this is definitely this guy's thing, and then. I mean, yeah, even that, 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 because I don't remember, I'll look up real quick, that PlayStation one was notorious, because mm-hmm. it wasn't just a, an image, it was like a whole animation reel of, like, things running around and fighting and stuff. Hmm. Um, and it was, it was bad, it was like a summer game show or something. Wow, that's really bad. And it was like one of those videos that they play, like, in the opening set, like, to lead into it or something. Sure. And, um... <clears throat> it was one particular animator. I think it was like Kevin Bao. He literally just pulled three or four chunks of it all in a row and was like, "I'm using all these." 
And just figured nobody would like notice. Like, what do you mean nobody would notice? Like, right. <laughs> oh man. Um, let me see. If you want to look at it, I will throw you the link. I believe this is it. Um, and by this is it, I mean I clicked the person's Twitter profile and not the tweet, which is a bad call. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Nothing like clicking the profile of a person who posted about something like two years ago and then being like two years later. Great way to find uh, content. Two years here. later. Yeah. Here, check this out. Um, give you a little refresh on what happened here. Which one are you? You're this one. Which one am I? To be fair, the top like four out of six messages in my Discord are also you, but... To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> you plus someone. Let's bring it up. Uh, can we play this without DMCA? Um, you can mute it. I mean, it's the animation okay. that matters. Fair. Okay. The visuals are what we'd be looking at. Everything else, is, the music doesn't matter. But it like there's a good thirty seconds here of just blatantly copied. Okay. Yeah. At, at some points, even frame copied, like All traced right. almost. And you can see, like, so the, so if you look at the video from the beginning, in the very beginning, you've got Steven Universe, the movie. Mm -hmm. Then you've got Fooly Cooly, the show we talked about. Right. And then you've got this thing called Last Word that this guy, Oleg, whoever did. You've got goblins. You've got more goblins, different, different cuts they've made. It's very clearly, he made a 30-second video that's completely from front to back ripped from other people's work. None of it was original. Like oh zero. Oh my god, dude! It's like original. it's almost like all rotoscoped. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, yeah. It's what I meant by like trace. It's like he literally like redrew it and kept exactly the way that it was. Oh, that's fucking terrible. I'm glad he got called yeah. out on it. It was he, the winter mix of 2019. Yeah. It's it's wild though because it's like it's such a he was like probably like oh I'm just gonna mix up all these different animations and like no one's even gonna notice because it's mm -hmm. bits and pieces of different stuff and yet. Failed. Well, I think the his problem initially, if, if I remember right, his problem was that first bit from mm -hmm. Steven Universe. A lot so of people recognized sure. that because it was a very recent thing, and that's what made people start looking at it. That's why. And then that's when someone else was like, "Oh, that's from Fooly Cooly," and then someone else was like, "Hey, this is my actual work. Holy shit!" Like, and then it went <laughs> off. That guy, I think, is where it went viral because he was the original creator of one of the chunks that got like stolen. So he had a legit gripe to he have, had a, and he had know. a platform to call him out, which is probably right accelerate this man yep so yeah dude it's wild the, to look what's at this it, guy like, up to these days oh i have no idea he's he probably works at ubisoft in the back room or something i don't i don't know not to like <laughs> show on ubisoft particularly just that was just the name of a big company he's probably somewhere sure. i doubt that he's out of the industry right these people it's like the same thing just just any like, company that like, would pick him up it would be ubisoft <laughs> well, you know, what I mean, this is one of those things where, like, they shuffle people around. You know, oh, we suspended him or he fired him. He goes mm -hmm. quiet for six months. He quietly gets hired at a firm where he maybe takes a pay cut, but he's still making pretty good money doing what he's doing. And then he just sure. keeps doing what he's doing. Not stealing art, but, like, hopefully learned his lesson. <laughs> right, right. But, yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, I guess this week, um, we're talking about, uh, we've been talking, we've talked about Studio in a while. Um, Killed by Google it was a very big critic of Google products and stuff. Posted a, a, I would say unsubstantiated claim at least. Um, it's not going to show up here well. Um, let me see if I can back this out. So, 
Needless to say, I'm just going to hide it. It's not going to show up well. Uh, just a heads up, old coworker and friend of mine is uh, now one of the regional managers for Google. Does Is regional manager a term at Google? That doesn't even sound like a thing. Um, regional manager? That sounds like a, like it's a, a retail thing. Term. Right. Yeah, a retail thing. Um, they had a pretty large employee retail seminar. Again, strange. Um, in yeah. California this past, week, this past weekend. And long story short, Google is beginning their exit plan. They did not have an exact date at the end of service. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So they said that they're not going to do anything similar to like, Google Play Music, where they've kind of put it into YouTube Music. Uh, there are a few other details, but nothing too groundbreaking. Um, mentioned that all f- members would be informed at 30 to 60 days before. Um, so Google basically came out and said, no, we're not canceling it. Uh, we're not canceling Stadia. So they don't have to really, no one has to, all four Stadia, Stadia users left, they don't have to worry about this. As much as I hate shitting on Stadia, because I think, had they marketed this right, this would have been some groundbreaking shit, because it still runs circles around anything Xbox is doing as far as streaming. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> loud, yeah, absolutely. The, the performance is still just, it, it's it's there, and, and Xbox can't keep up with it. Um, right. The only thing that really, does, that really kind of got, got me was, like, that doesn't really hold water here is like Google announced that this was Stadia was going to transition to backboning other technology. So they, they said they're going to keep their platform because even if they put no new games on here, it doesn't matter. They're still going to use this platform and technology for other stuff, uh, be it, you know, for Xbox, for Sony or whatever other streaming stuff that, you know, companies want to use. Um, I think there was some interest even from Squaresoft uh, for streaming and stuff yeah. and Nintendo. Um <clears throat> So the technology's there. There's no reason to pull all this stuff offline. Like they said, they're going to pivot this technology more towards a backbone commercial use. Um, mm. So I, I think they would get them they get themselves into hot water, especially like people buying games, pen, you know, spending spending real money on games, and like yeah, like they, they now they have like an issue where it's like okay, there are people here that have licenses to and you know reason to play these games, and they're they're owed the game at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's like an accelerated version of like hardware rust, right? Right, where mm-hmm. like the Wii U shop eventually goes offline, and you can't play Wii U games anymore after like fifteen years. But like this is right. accelerated compared to that. Like, mm-hmm. um, I almost wonder if this was like a rumor that the dude heard, and then he just substantiated it by making up a thing. There's just so much there that doesn't hold any water. Like the retail manager or the the regional manager thing, the retail sales thing. It's like those are the last people that are making any decisions at Google. <laughs> So. Yeah, that's so like it's so weird. Like I, I could see, I guess, the regional thing being maybe like service regions, right, or something. But like the, the other part about that, about the conference thing and the meeting thing, is like that's very much like I don't know what you do with that. That seems like I'm not even sure why they would have that meeting. What would they even do? Oh, I don't know. Right. Google, <laughs> Google, what Google? What is that? The Google Internet service they do? Um, is that all it was? Google Fi. Yeah, Google Find, have, maybe um, with Google Glass. Yeah, they have They're their like, own. Um, yeah. Shit. Yeah, they have their own fiber optic carriers in certain cities yeah. too. They haven't really expanded um, that much lately, though, either. You had you had like like boardroom B was like the Google Glass like room, and they mm-hmm. just had like one on the table, and they're like, "You guys remember this? This was cool." <laughs> and Okay, dismissed. Like, <laughs> well, that's the, th- the funny thing is, is they they still do Google Google Glass. There's a um, do they really? Yes, there's it's a um, it's more commercial focused. Um, yeah, I think it's more for I don't know if it's like for engineers or or what, but yeah, they actually you can actually still buy Google Glass. It's just you have to go through their um, 
um, Sorry, channels. Yeah. Um, That's so funny. Because mm -hmm. like, I remember, like, for, for, like, a brief period, it, like, tore up the internet of, like, this is the future. We're all going to have these on. We're going to have HUDs up at all time. We're going to be, like, looking at each other's, like, health bars and shit. Like, the military's going to use them for, like, scouting buildings and information. They're going to get satellite feeds sent in, and they're going to get, like, tactical information sent to it. And then, like, a few people were like, yeah, so I wore glass, Google Glass around uh, at some places, and it was weird. And then, yeah, and then, like, it, like, never got mentioned again. Mm. <laughs> it was like, okay, it just went away. That's, That's it so here. Funny. It's the um, huh. Google Glass Enterprise Edition. So it's, it's more or, or less geared towards um, business application. Google Glass Enterprise? Yeah. Uh, see, I was always more of a fan of Google Glass Voyager myself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, uh, this is such a sloppy uh, setup I have here with this web browser thing. Um, let me back up the zoom a little bit. Yeah, so it's... Uh, I guess like, you can like, put like, training modules on it, but again, it's like a lot of it's for like engineer-focused stuff. Um, training stuff, yeah. That, or you can like, if you're doing like, so, this person like working on a car, probably doing like a teardown on it or something like that. It, you, you can see like step by step instructions in real time. <laughs> That's pretty. She's cool, just though. using it for safety glasses. <laughs> 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 That's it. Yeah. There's no, video on this thing. I didn't even know that. They just gave them to me on my first day. <laughs> They power on. <laughs> no, that's wild. But that's, that was the thing. It was like even back in the day when when it disappeared, it was kind of sad because like maybe in a social setting it was kind of too much at the time, or there was a lot to like worry about like personal space and privacy. You didn't want someone to doctor disrespect you <laughs> in a bathroom with them. Um, yeah, and that's all he's getting on this one. But no, <laughs> um, you didn't want like these sort of problems to crop up. But like like you said, in a in a professional setting, you can do so much cool stuff with like the ability to have like blueprints and teardowns. Imagine you doing a teardown of like a Game Boy, mm -hmm. and you've got a schematic that you can just look and line up with the thing and be like, okay, this third one down is this one because it's little, you know, it'd be really cool. Right. Um, it's cool to see that still doing something. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, next up, we have Valve. They are uh, committing to fulfill all current. Um, Steam Deck reservations by the end of the year, um, which I guess is following up with their, I guess, their promise to double uh, production um, this summer, which they have done. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I, I think we talked about this more towards the spring, but we're starting to see things, electronics become more available again. Uh, we're seeing video yeah. cards hit MSRP prices again. Um, and we, we kind of addressed this where it was like, oh, it was kind of like a on the horizon thing. It's like, oh, this will probably start coming. This will start coming down. And it is. And that's what we want to see. So, um, yeah, absolutely. for those who have been privileged enough to get the invite to order a Steam Deck, um, and you have ordered them, you should be able to see them this year at some point. So, I, uh, I'm still waiting for my invite to buy one. Uh, right, right. Spent $5 on a ticket for that. So, that's where I am with that. But yeah, uh, hopefully someday we'll get that Steam Deck in hand and we can actually play it out and try it out and maybe I'll do something with it on the channel. But Yeah, I was I was thinking I'd like to get my hands on one at some point because I feel like it'd be a an easy alternative to like using my computer to stream video games would be to just stream on a Steam Deck because all the, all the processing power would be right there in the device. I wouldn't have to worry about it running yeah. Discord and running like streaming service on my computer on top of well, the that's... stuff I use to run the stream on top of the game I'm playing. Like... Sure. Well, that's yeah. a, lot, a lot of streamers will do just that, but they'll have like a, a computer for playing on it, then they'll capture it into a second PC that's actually doing the stream. Um, oh, yeah. I don't have the space yeah, for it. I, I, I just, I wish I did, but um, 
the direction yeah, I'm, I'm going in my way. office. I have a 3D printer behind me. I have the PC. I have the PlayStation 5 retro game collection. It's like, I need space. Um, I want to get into doing some more creative stuff, but it's hard. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm the same boat. Like, when, when, it's, when it comes time to stream games, like, every once in a while when I stream a game off my Switch, it's, like, the nicest thing because I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's totally on its own over there. I just right. pop the Switch on the dock and switch my HDMI over and call it, call it a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right, what do we have next here? Um, ah, Xenoblade 3 came out this week, and uh, it's doing numbers. Good to see it. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> like I said, I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Um, <clears throat> but we did get some Metacritic scores here. Getting an 89 uh, by Critic Reviews, uh, 66 positive, 3 mixed, and a 7.9 user score. Um, overwhelmingly positive, 160 positive. Yeah, so six mixed and eight, 18 negative. I didn't really get to dig around in the 18 negative. Um, I'll have to see if there's any legitimacy um, with those. I, I've seen a lot of like butthurt on Twitter with this game. I, I don't know why people get up their own ass about about stuff. Um, it's like just let the game be fun. I, there's no like yeah, just a lot of like console I, console war people, which much. I don't associate with and I can't stand. Um, they're just right. like, oh, this game's only like 30 frames per second. Blah 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 blah. This only did this. This only did this, and then. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, the game... Like, uh, someone said, like, oh, Nintendo's living in the past. And it's like, well, they're living in the past, but somehow that managed to get them a, a Game of the Year contender. Um, which yeah. I fully expect to see this, you know, like, in the Not awards. just that, but, like, like yearly. Like, well, it's like, oh, yeah, Nintendo's living in the past. And it's like, you, everyone always says that every time. And then Nintendo goes on to, like... With the exception of the Wii U, they haven't had a bad console performance in forever. Right. And that doesn't count handhelds and, like, the parts of the market they have cornered. And, like, people are like, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's Nintendo, it's, like, for kids. And it's like, yeah, but you sit down and you play Breath of the Wild, you play Mario Odyssey, you play stuff like Xenoblade. <clears throat> it's some of the best experiences you're going to get in gaming, like, hands down. I don't yep. care if you think that if you're not a fan of a genre or this or that or the other, like, you can't. No, you're not going to get photorealistic Last of Us remake, remake, remake graphics. Mm-hmm. That's coming. But you'll get completely competent graphics you know we've had this discussion before about like the super nintendo days where it was like yeah the n64 was better in the terms of it being 3d graphics but super nintendo had hammered out how to make their stuff look perfect in what they had sure and i would argue the switches even at the wii they were getting there and i'd argue the switch is at that point now you get games on the switch that look gorgeous and they don't have to look super photorealistic 3d you get games like mario odyssey and breath of the wild that look fantastic for what they are sure um and it doesn't always have to be like like, one of my favorite games, like, some of my favorite games, like, Celeste, are not high-fidelity graphical games, or Tunic. Not a high-graphic-fidelity game. Never took me out of it, not once. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. And Claire says, it is it's, not the, the... it's the music and storytelling for me. Exactly. Like, yeah, Xenoblade's so fucking soundtrack. Holy shit, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> but here, let me see if I can bring this up without it being too sloppy. Um, oh, oh, God. I had to. There we go. Okay, now we're cooking. All right, so whoever the hell this guy is, he goes, despite overall game being great and playable without hiccups, a sub 30 frames per second performing would be would have been uh, slaughtered by journalists if this was on PlayStation with a 69 Metacritic score. Uh, poor performance always gets a pass on Switch. Um, someone made this rebundle. OJ Play Residence. Uh, calling out Bloodborne on PS4, the remake, runs at 30 frames per second with dips. Still universally praised, my dude. Go touch grass and stop being ass for online about over video games. Um, dude, I <laughs> played most of Bloodborne, and I can tell you, wrecked. It, yeah, it, it absolutely caps at 30 on PlayStation, and it absolutely dips all the time. Right. So, 
it's not a yeah that's not a valid criticism i mean not at all if it was like a, if it was Im- breaking the immersion or problematic that would be a thing sure but it's not like right. i mean i okay i can't speak for xenoblade i haven't played it but we would have heard if everybody was having this problem or whatever well that's so. the thing too it's like like people will put out subpar games on the switch and i always go back to look how big xenoblade worlds are they're massive um yeah and it's like there's no excuse for other game companies to not be able to match that if, if xenoblade has pulled this off time and time again um there's, there's just no excuse like oh this world won't perform this way this won't perform this way okay adjust it right. optimize it it's doable um xenogears has demonstrated that no more excuses <laughs> so um let's move on here halo infinite uh, won't have matchmaking for campaign co-op um, this does not come to a shock. I, a lot of people were kind of butthurt about this, but I, I doesn't come to a shock to me. Um, yeah. So uh, that's the, like we can't really expect Halo to do something new when they can't even do the things that they're known to do. Um, so and, and I, I'm sourcing this Polygon article, and they made this like weird, this strange comparison. Um, as games get more complex, developers have to rely on third-party software to aid par- uh, player problems. This has been happening in Destiny 2 for years. Now, that's the what, ironic thing is, Destiny 2 has co-op matchmaking. <laughs> it, it's a core component of the game. Um, but then they go on, the, they go on to say, uh, where players use third-party tools like Discord to find raid members. And raids are a completely different animal. There is no matchmaking in that. Raid Matchmaking in raids would be a dumpster fire. Um, just because of the way that Destiny raids are set up, it's just you need you need to have the communication there, or and you need to basically you know you you have to have that you have to have that cooperativeness there, or it's just not going to happen. Um, where something like just comparing that to something like Halo, who can't even get co-op off the ground, um, let alone a matchmaking co-op, it's just nuts to me. But uh, Polygon be Polygon, I guess. Yeah, I I. I'd like to point out Claire in the chat saying she really gave it a chance, but it was a disappointment. Like, if, if you can't get Claire on board for a Halo game, then you've done something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Claire and I put hours into Halos, man. I mean, hours. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where her and I met. Um, for lack of uh, lack of better storytelling. Um, but, yeah, it, it's... <laughs> if you can't get the basic components of what Halo is known for like the couch co-op or even online co-op multiplayer, expecting them to do the campaign matchmaking co-op, it's just never going to happen. Um, I think I think that 343 Industries has demonstrated that, even like just the basic... We're, we're almost a year out of release, and it's still not done. The game is still not done to the, the vision that they wanted um, to release day one. And I, I don't know, for the expe- expectation for them to have just like matchmaking co-op, just, it's never going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I to this day don't understand how they walk back every Halo game having features every time, less and less, and then they're like, oh yeah, well, like, like I mean, we've done this runaround of plenty of times, but like, you launched this game with no Forge, no co-op of any kind, couch or online, mm-hmm. no story even, because it, when it came out, it was just the online multiplayer part. And then on top of yep. everything, they're like, okay, here's the rest of the game, and by rest of the game, we mean another chunk of the game, but still no Forge, still no co-op, still no couch or online co-op, mm-hmm. none of that other stuff. None of them, like, we're still missing modes that you guys wanted. I remember for a while, they didn't even have Slayer, which was like, right. what? The, the game mode is unique to Halo. It was yeah. made for Halo, from Halo, like, it's a Halo game mode. Uh, you know, it's a deathmatch mode, so it's normal, but mm-hmm. like, 
How do you not have Slayer? It's like the thing, the dude says the thing, he's the Slayer. Like, Slayer. How do you not have that? Right. And then they were like, okay, well, here's the rest of it. And then they were like, we dropped you guys the story half of the game, and it's $60. And it was like, why am I paying 60 bucks for what is maybe $30 of the game that I usually buy? And like, well, mm-hmm. we give you the other half for free. And it was like, well, okay, and? Like, <laughs> you gave me that half for free. Like, <laughs> so you're telling me that multiplayer never was worth anything, and the story was always worth $60? Right. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely gymnastics out there. there. Yeah, it's I. Every time a Halo thing happens, like my favorite was the other, like the last few days, people were like, "Ah, oh, Forge is coming," and Halo like trended, and it was just people being like, "Halo is not coming back." <laughs> <laughs> it's not at this point. I just, yeah. I I don't think Forge is. People have moved on, moved on, and with games that like that are going to come start flooding out in the holiday season forge is not going to be enough to recoup their their player base it's just not going to happen um people well, not, are yeah, fix like, in yeah. the master chief collection so forge is not going to make people play with the other non-forge modes so right. like unless you're expecting a million people to come back and just do forge forever like no <laughs> right every time we've had forge in a halo game it's always been cool and fun but it's always like the I'm tired of doing the normal Halo things. I'm going to find something I can, like, dick around in that's fun or goofy. And the next day, you usually go back into regular Halo modes, and then it always ends up being the end of the night. Like, maybe I'll do something to, like, unwind kind of Halo mode for most people. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Hey, so... at least we're getting that demo back. Yeah, the Halo demo. That's the thing I put on... Halo demo. Someone Neat. posted... Microsoft posted that they were doing... Ha- like Microsoft Xbox branded hammocks. It's like you people will literally do anything except make Im- Halo Infinite content at this point. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't oh, get it. Oh boy. Um. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to our last quick headline for the day. Um. Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic uh, remake has reportedly uh, reportedly been indefinitely delayed. Um, that is a huge blow to gaming fans out there. I've seen um, a lot of blowback on this, and it's very, very unfortunate. A lot of people were looking forward to this, um, but it looks like, um, according to Bloomberg, Aspire Media, Aspire Media fired the game's designer director Brad Pence, uh, Prince, and art director Jason Miner earlier this month after showing the demo of um the remake so obviously that didn't go well um <laughs> so if you show uh, yeah if if you show um your, your face is hilarious um how bad does it have to be to get fired yeah like, um, you did so... such a bad job not only was it it needs to be fixed but it was it was so bad that not only does it need to be fixed, but you're not qualified to fix it. Yeah. You made a mess you couldn't fix. Holy shit. Yeah. That's I, incredible. And I just this remake always kind of had like a weird thing in the back of my head. Like it, like Aspire, not exactly a huge production company. Like just are they taking are they biting off more than they could chew with doing like a remake of this game? Um, but yeah, it says uh, the pair were reportedly dismissed shortly after the studio finalized a demo of the game to show its production partners, Lucas, Lucasfilm and Sony. Um, so I can only imagine it must, I, I, I would die to be a fly in that wall or a wall, a fly in the wall. Yeah, the room like, because I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. What, like what, what did they show? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I almost, that's tough. Cause like without seeing the demo and knowing the work of those two people, individuals or whatever, like mm-hmm. this could have also just been like, 
the guy who was running it didn't like the way that it looked, and maybe it was fine, or maybe he just didn't like it, and he mm-hmm. snap fired those two people as like a panic response. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to sit here and say that those people are bad. I would just say cause... that they got some feedback from Sony and Lucas Films. It looks like, and it was a feed feedback enough yeah. to get fired, which is and yeah, bad ooh, shit. Ooh, that's that's bad. So, um, I don't know. What it's yeah. been delayed indefinitely. Uh, so I don't know if maybe this gets pushed over to Saber to finish it. But uh, so we're just it's kind of going to be in production hell at this point and. Hopefully someday we get to see this remake uh, come to fruition. So that's where we Star are. Wars or more like Star Wars contortioned. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Either. Roll the next one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into our, our bigger stories here. Uh, we saw some quarterly earnings from Sony and Microsoft. Um, not great. So it looks like PlayStation, uh, their sales are largely flat. Um, and this, uh, this can be contributing to a lot of things. Obviously, it's almost next to impossible to get a PlayStation 5 right now. Um, I mm-hmm. think it's somewhere upwards of 60 to 70% of net sales right now are coming from the PlayStation 4, um, which is not yeah. good because we are, what, a year and a half into this generation, and they're still crutched on previous the previous generation for, for, for revenue. Um, Absolutely. So we saw them down, um, and I guess we're seeing a lot of like digital, like they're 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 really heading into like di- uh, large digital sales. Um, I think they said like eighty percent of their sales are all digital. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I don't well, know. Well, to just... be fair, that's that number is a little skewed because they made an all digital only system this time around. They did. So there are some percentage of people who lock their decision of what they're buying their console media type into sure. digital forever from their purchase. So you figure if, if I don't have a number, but like say like 20% of all PlayStation 5s produced are digital only editions, mm-hmm. you're going to have an automatic 20% of your sales have to be digital like or something around that area. So and we didn't really see that before. We haven't had a PlayStation with no disk drive yet in previous generations. Right. So that's interesting. Um, hmm. I don't know. Xbox did it last gen, though, so maybe maybe looking at Xbox's previous data would give a better indicator of how much that impacts digital sales versus physical. Sure, it definitely has to do something to it. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I was just the other thing that was funny too about that was like, I keep seeing Xbox digital editions in my local stores, like in WalMarts and Targets and stuff, and PlayStation hasn't done that. They haven't mm-hmm. put any of them in store, even the digital ones only. They're all only online or through like GameStop ship drop ship things or all these things they do. Right. Um and it makes me wonder if we're seeing like a sort of a case study in the impact of not selling a product at a physical retail location. Because it's effectively what they're doing intentionally or otherwise. Mm-hmm. You're getting a sort of clear control issue of like none of them are in stores ever, and this is the result. You know what I mean? Sure. Um obviously production issues were a big thing and, and chip shortages which are starting to like you know, now they're coming down. You'll probably see that hit the, the, the supply side for them. I imagine by this time next year or something. Mm-hmm. But um, it's interesting to see what happens when you remove retail because we always talk about like getting things from Amazon, getting things offline, yada yada, and how it, you know all that. So it's interesting to see when it's forced, right? Like when the products are only available through a digital uh, order like that. Sure. 
what that does to like actual sales like people a lot of people will not go online even if they have the chance to get online and get one like go on GameStop's website go on Sony's get an invitation from Sony blah 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 they want to do it in store when they have the moment they're like how many impulse buys are going out the door because they're not there how many right you know how many people would be trading in stuff at a GameStop to like drop the price to like viable range and they can't do that through Amazon like I just wonder how much of this missing from physical retail, what kind of impact this has, if they didn't have supply issues, would we still see that not hitting the sales numbers they wanted, you know? Right. I don't know. I guess it's speculative, but... And it comes down to a lot of supply, too. Um, they only... I guess they got... Um, is it 2.4 million out consoles out this year versus last year being like 2.3. So they're mm-hmm. still affected largely by this uh, supply and demand issue with electronic chips and stuff. So it's... Absolutely. You know, we're seeing it come down for other places. I just I don't know if they just can't get a foothold in the production lines or what. Um, but I know Microsoft paid a lot of extra money to make sure that they could get you know preference in these production lines, um, and we're seeing it because we are. See- I, I've seen both Xboxes in stores. Um, oh, wow. I've I've walked by them a million times, and <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. um, it's I don't know, it's wild. Yeah. Well, the other thing too that didn't help was like uh, I. I have it on a rumor that um, the, the Nintendo so so there was a whole truck of parts coming for Sony. It was an mm-hmm. entire box of chips, and Nintendo sent out uh, one of their carts, and the cart went in front of the truck with a banana peel and dropped it, and the whole truck jackknifed, and they just snatched that whole thing of chips and ran with it, and that's when we got the the Switch Two, and by that I mean the OLED Switch. Almost a year of doing this, I have not made a mount mute button for you yet. <laughs> they, they 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 oceans eleven the truck. <laughs> oceans chips. eleven the truck. They can make the OLED switch. That's the only reason it came out. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, but one of the things that we saw, like a big indicator with uh, Sony having issues, was a lot of games that were destined to be PlayStation Five only. Um, they reversed that Went course. More, yeah. Yep, there's they, a lot they, of that. They saw the blood in the water here. Um, mm-hmm. with with this being an issue. They can't move software if they can't move the hardware. Um, and it doesn't help yep. when you have scalpers buying these up online, keeping them in warehouses, a thousand to ten thousand at a time. Um, they're, yeah, sure, they're moving hardware, but a, a, a PlayStation that's in a box sitting in a warehouse is not a PlayStation that's buying software. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Dude, there was even stuff like, if you look at like Final Fantasy VII Integrate was a good example, right? Because mm-hmm. they made Final Fantasy VII Remake and then Integrate was only available on the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a year later came around, and they did a PC release for it, and it still was only PS5 and PC. And now, either they are shortly, or they already did, roll it to PlayStation 4 as mm-hmm. well. And I guarantee, like, Sony went to them and was like, you guys, we would really appreciate it if you would put that on the PS4, because we need <laughs> either the console sales or that game to sell like that. Like, sure. Because... Look at like like we at the top of the show we talked about PlayStation's lineup and it's three PS4 games, two of which are available on the PS5 as well, but all three were on the PS4. And I guarantee you, if your supply issues were not a problem from the jump, you would have two PS5 games and one PS4 game, and they would be trying to make people go to the PlayStation Five. Of course, um, absolutely. The only reason I think that it was three PS4 games again this month, like it has been pretty much rolling, is they know that their supply issue and and availability are an issue, and they're mm-hmm orienting that way on purpose yeah of course um <clears throat> so we saw microsoft also um not really meeting goals um 
in their investor meeting. Uh, Microsoft shared uh, its financial quarterly results ending in June. Uh, they saw a 6% decrease year over year um, in Xbox revenue due to lower engagement and limited hardware supply. Um, so mm -hmm. as much as we say, yeah, we see the Xboxes in public, um, they are still not meeting demand in certain regions of the world. Um, right. The Xbox yeah, I mean... hardware revenue was down by 11%. Yeah, I was like, I live in a, I live in a uh, very city area, so like, I'm sure that supply for an area like where I live is probably prioritized. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll say that I don't think this is one of the few places I where I live where like we don't really have trouble finding stuff, other than things that just don't exist in stores like PlayStations and stuff. Sure. Um, because all these stores, I mean, I'm in a tourist location. I've got people coming in from all over the world to this location where, like, they might hit Target or GameStop or Walmart <clears throat> after vacation just to take home a whole console mm -hmm. or something that's not made in their country or something that's not available in their country. So, like, um, I'm very privileged to live in a place where that there is no supply issue on that sure. regard. <laughs> when Within reason. If, obviously, if it doesn't, it doesn't exist. But, like... Um, yeah, it's 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 and it's funny to think about that. Yeah, because I had walked through the store and pretty much grab anything off the shelf most of the time. Um, but yeah, I that obviously that very biases my opinion on like the availability of these things. I tell people like, oh yeah, I see Xboxes all the time. That does not mean that there's not a huge swath of people that can't find an Xbox in store from Alabama all the way out to like Montana or something. Mm -hmm. So. So I always have to remember to take that with a grain of salt that, like, I can see that stuff on my walls at any time, and it doesn't really mean much for, like, the global supply. Like, I am not in a good position to judge the global supply because of that sure. uh, tourist position. Yeah, and they, so they said that hardware revenue was down by 11%, and they said the de decrease was uh, partially offset by an increase of Xbox Game Pass subscribers. Um, mm -hmm. So, again, I mean, that kind of answers a lot of the... It poses, I think, a lot of questions we've asked before, um, was yeah. why buy an Xbox if I don't need to, if I can just go on the Game Pass platform? Correct. And yeah. B, um, is the Xbox Game Pass platform funding itself enough? And you have to question, mm -hmm. like, when Sony or when Xbox or Microsoft, they go out and spend all this money to get all these distribution rights, is it, are they taking, doing this at a loss? Um, and I would say, I mean, th there are indicators where that's probably true. And I obviously, okay. I can't break Wouldn't that down right yeah um well that's the thing it's like xbox operates on a, on a loss because they can afford to because they're just a large a smaller part of microsoft right um they're trying to play a long long game and eventually right went out yeah so um what was i gonna say i i wonder i speculate do you think pc hardware is up yeah oh yeah um because you think a lot of people video cards are available now people are buying pcs are building pcs again well, not just that, but, like, when people couldn't find PlayStations and Xboxes, although mm -hmm. there was price issues, it seemed like even when cards were being scalped pretty heavily, you could still get whole computers from, like, Newegg or CyberPower or these uh -huh. other producers. They still had a chunk of cards on standby for, like, full right. production runs. And I'm sure so that they had, like, their own, dedicated, their own dedicated supply yeah. lines uh, through oh, yeah, NVIDIA and, and, and uh, ATI previously established contracts or something yeah because they'd be the only ones that would really have them you know mm -hmm. what i mean like so i just wonder how many i wonder if part of game pass's growth can be attributed to pc growth and then people doing like the well i just got a brand new pc and 
you know, if you have a brand new PC, Game Pass is a no-brainer because you have no library at all on Steam or anything else yet. Sure. So it is like an, a, a one-shot open the door to a bunch of gaming. Um, so I almost wonder if there's a spike. Bec- like, the hardware shortage for Xbox caused an increase in PC growth, and then that led to an increase in Xbox growth anyway on uh, Game Pass. Sure. I mean, it's still on the Windows um, platform, so Microsoft, at the end of the day, still kind of yeah. wins. They, yeah, they still <clears> eat. So... Yeah, it's interesting, and, and but it's funny because it kind of goes back to like whether it's intentional or otherwise it goes back to what you were saying for the last like year now about how it's slowly putting more and more people onto the PC environment or um, community mm-hmm. and away from Xbox, and you might end up in a position where Xbox the, the hardware stops selling and they just move to we do Game Pass, we publish, sure. we do like the Microsoft Store, yada yada yada, and it would work out for them because their hardware has literally been operating at a loss since the beginning and you may very well be right that their their end goal of a 20 30 year cycle even is to get everybody on the pc gaming over a short of over a long period right and we're going that way whether it was a, a an accident or intentional with this whole shortage thing it is putting people on pc and it is putting people on game pass mm-hmm. and then you know if xbox eventually they cut the cord and they say we're not making a new console this year a lot of people who have the console and game pass would naturally be like, what else can I do with my Game Pass? And people would be like, you can buy a $1,000 gaming laptop and go there. And then they do that. Or new TVs are coming out with Game Pass integration built into it. They've already oh, yeah, that. Yeah. I think and that with was with LG. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Or Samsung. That's true. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're going down a path where it's like they don't necessarily need to sell the hardware. And I've been saying this yeah, since absolutely. college when the Xbox released yeah. that this was a social experiment to get either games on the platform or console gamers on the PC. Um, yeah. And like I've said before, too, we've seen so many games post-Xbox move to console that we would have never seen, or move to PC that we would have never seen move to PC in the past. Um, yeah, absolutely. The, uh, back in the early 2000s, there was a very strict line between PC gamers and console gamers. And that mm-hmm. line has blurred over the last two decades. So, um, well, dude, I remember... God, oh, what was it? Uh, there was a, there something came out on PC. I think it was the Master Chief Collection, and I was like, mm-hmm. "No way! What do I buy an Xbox for?" And they right. were like, "Oh yeah, it's coming to the PC." Right. And then I was like, "All right, I'm fine with this. I guess I'll save my Xbox for the exclusives." And then that was when they started doing the like, the next two years of all the releases were slotted to automatically be on PC. When they announced the Xbox One Series X and everything and Series S, and it was like, "Okay, but why did you make this then?" Like, I get it; it's a cheaper price point for for consumers to get in on Game Pass and get on gaming, but like. Nobody needs this then if they already have a computer, and a lot of people have computers because why wouldn't you? So it was just, yeah, it was one of those like, I'm never buying an Xbox console, and it's not out of some like hatred or some sort of antagonism, it's literally just not useful to me. Sure, well, I've, I've since canceled my, my Game Pass subscription because I just I wasn't getting anything out of it. Um, but I have like That's the fair. Xbox One All Digital that I picked up on like a Black Friday sale for like under a hundred dollars. I'm like, why not? Oh, nice. um, yeah, 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 I can't argue that. Sure, sure. but Game Pass, you can still stream like current gen games onto that game system. Um, yep. You know, games that wouldn't graphically hold up, you can still play the current gen version of it on that system through streaming. So again, we pose yep. the question, why would I upgrade my hardware? Why would I buy new hardware? It doesn't make sense to oh, me. Oh, yeah. yeah um, absolutely. So having exclusive software really doesn't make any difference anymore. Uh, you know what's actually funny Xbox's about that? Camp. That's funny about that. If you think about it, Nintendo actually has all the keys in that regard because they their console is a mobile console and they have things like motion controls that PC doesn't really do. Mm-hmm. 
So as funny as that is, Nintendo actually has a corner of that market that I don't think the Steam Deck is going to take from them. Sure. Oh, I guess it's too it's too pronged because Nintendo not only has that mobile market with their hardware, but they also have the a strong collection of IPs that no one can just dismiss outright. Of course, and the, the, Nintendo will always be the portable king. I, 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 yeah. I can never see that. It, it's been that way my entire life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, well, um, yeah. It will be from here on out. Well, I mean, also, like, on top of that, like, Xbox IPs go to PC all the time now. Sony's IPs are starting to go that way. We're seeing God of Wars. We're seeing Horizon Zero Dawns make their way over. Nintendo has not done that. Mm-mm. I mean, like, third-party stuff, things they publish may be sure, but you are not catching Zelda's, Mario's, Metroid's on PC. It, nope. It's not a thing. And if that ever changes, that's another story. that We'll have to discuss that, because that would be a big deal. If that changes. But until that changes, like Nintendo will have a reason to buy hardware forever sure. at this point. Uh, Claire said, with it hard to get a PS5, it's the reason I switched to playing Destiny on PC. And uh, and then eventually just buying a laptop instead of a PS5. Yep, my Xbox mm-hmm. honestly just... Uh, oh, this is you'll like this one, yeah. My Xbox honestly just a media player for me, which is exactly what you do with yours before, I guess, is it yep. burnt, before it burnt out. Um, no, my Xbox, I just sold it. Oh, you sold <laughs> Well, because I had my PlayStation, which I also wasn't playing. So that went into the bedroom and became the media device. And my Xbox just became, I don't know, some Switch game we bought with the store credit sure. <laughs> or something. <clears throat> but, um, no, yeah, same deal. And uh, to be fair, I have games on PlayStation to play, but I'm not playing them currently because Final Fantasy is a problem. <laughs> It sure is. Oh man, you saw me get out my stack of games that I that I uh, of like Switch games that I just bought just this summer, and it's like I can't, I yep. haven't touched a single one, dude. <sighs> yeah, I, I like I'll pick up stuff on Steam when it's on sale and be like, yeah, put it in my Steam library, and then I'll grab games like I got. I have games I got for Christmas last year, like uh, Bravely Default Two. Super excited to play that game. Could not wait for that game. Right, I've not played that game. Unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, well, it's like that'll happen, and then it, like weird random things will pop up. Like uh, Tunic was one where it just ate a bunch of my time for no reason. Games and as then, a service addiction. <laughs> what was the other one we did? Um, you uh, mentioned Vampire week, Survivors. Vampire Survivors was one too. Yeah, we all spent like a few weeks in there for no mm-hmm. reason, just playing it like crazy. Yeah. Um, which was cool. No, there was something else we played too. What did we play for a little while there? We played Outriders for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, we bounced around a little bit. It's usually, you know what it is? I think it's usually just like co-op games. Cause if I get on at night to play a video game, you guys are probably on and I'd probably rather just play something with you guys. I'm, than that's run what, something I, dude, solo. I live for co-op games. Like I just, that's where yeah, I'm at. Same. That's where I'm at in life. I don't care about PVP. I don't care about, um, yelling at people and fucking, um, chat chats before the game, whatever. I, I just, I'm just over it. I am, I am not concerned with my mom's relations to these people <laughs> online. Right. I'm sure they had a good time. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, let's move on to our next big story. Um, for those who are invested in the analog pockets, uh, we've got our first update. Um, I have mine ordered since uh, eight minutes after it went live last December, and I'm still waiting for mine. So, <laughs> so I can't wait to get it. Uh, it should be here, I would say, in the next couple months. Um, <clears throat> but it's got its first update today. So we've made some, made some big announcements. Um 
I mean, they have basically they have three three announcements to make the open FP, uh, FPGA uh, analogs development program, the future of video games. Basically, this is just, these are like development cores um, that you can use to basically do like you know homebrew on the system. Um, they did mm-hmm. uh, Space War. Um, I guess this is a game that they're preserving for the open FPGA platform, and then they oh, did wow. the OS 1.1 beta, light versions of the library of memories, um, which I had up. I don't know if I have it up anymore. Let me take a look here. I can kind of break all this down. Um, but the nice thing, the cool thing about the library is that's, um, you know, you put uh, a cartridge in this analog pocket and you can read the info off it. It can give everything down to like um, revisions of the board and like what version of the game it is. <clears throat> because they did, they did like, you know, slight mid-run revisions of, of software back in the day. Oh, and that's sure. the only way they could yeah. do it was, um, you know, throwing on the cartridge and, that was it. So you might have a slightly different version of, of like even like Pokemon than someone else might have. Um, right. But the, the yeah. memory things is really cool too because it kind of gives like a breakdown. It's almost like a timeline of like um, games that you've played and like game saves and stuff. So it's almost like a little bit of like uh, an old school Facebook feed for like all of your activity on the game. So that's really cool. Is that opposed to like an old school Instagram feed where it's going to show me ads for games I don't have yet? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm, that's exciting, actually, because I like the idea of, like, going in and seeing which version of Pokemon I have, because I'd like to track down a copy of Pokemon Blue where I can get Mew from under the truck, because I know it was there, and they <laughs> yeah. took it away. Right, right. Um, <laughs> the, they're also doing an update to the dock um, with more controller support, so they're adding the 8-bit Do SN30, the 8-bit Do Lite, um, they're adding PlayStation 5 controller support, and 8-bit Do PCE 2.5 gig. Um so yeah, we're, it's nice to see that they're finally adding this up. They put up a roadmap too. Um, the ongoing Open FPGA um, features coming out in August, and then all of September we're getting the, the DAC support, final button map, uh, full button mapping, uh, the library memories and screenshots. Um, oh, they're doing the Game Boy camera integration, so you can finally use the Game Boy camera and take pictures with it, and it'll save on the analog. It's amazing. Um, the only reason I didn't buy it. <laughs> now I'm sold. Um, Link's awakening. I gotta have the camera. Right. New original display modes and tracking tools coming in October. So it's it's nice okay. to see that they're really putting a lot of this out there. Um, I, I I'm still excited to get mine. So someday, someday, and I'll certainly yeah, be talking I've, about it once I do. I've seen this making the rounds a few times, but I never really got like I didn't really look into it too far. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if I can play Super Mario Land with a Dual Sense Five, that's pretty good. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! The way it was meant to be played. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh be excited for that all the analog people out there please um, look forward to it yeah um so you probably know a little bit more about this than me because i just haven't really been following it too hard um uh, but we saw some some drama unfold with destiny this week so <laughs> oh man it's good stuff so what do we Amazing. what do we want to talk about first? The the, de- <laughs> the development uh for or the raid drop. You know, let's let's do it chronologically, because that's okay. it feels like it makes the most sense. Now, I can't speak to the PvP side because I don't play PvP. Mm-hmm. Um I know that there's been a lot of complaints this past season about classy restoration being too strong. Mm-hmm. And I know that in a PvE setting, it's crazy strong, and I abuse the hell out of it when you're doing <laughs> dungeons and stuff. Um but I, I could not speak to the PvP side. I don't do that stuff. We'd have to bring in, like, Dark or someone to talk about it. But I've heard that there's some PvP imbalance problems. Class Restoration's a big one. Some other... A couple other things are problems. Um, and then there was, like, random things, like... People are complaining about not having maps, because the last couple of patches and the last couple of drops that well, this past season 
of Destiny had nothing for the PvP community. They just didn't do anything for them mm-hmm. or whatever. Like when they bring back a game mode, I think what's that game mode they brought back? I don't remember the name even. I really I don't, don't do PvP. I don't but either. I really don't. That's whatever. People talk about it and it's whatever. People are talking about it. Um the big kickers is that they, they did their TWAB, and a lot of people thought they were going to talk about what the new raid was going to be. Not the new raid, I should say the, the raid that's coming back from the Destiny 1. vaulted raid. I know. will not call it an unvaulted raid, because <laughs> I'm not giving them the credit for that. It's a, vault from a, it's a raid from a different game that they're making for this game. That You don't get to say that you vaulted all of D1 just because you discontinued... You didn't even discontinue it. Like You moved on to another game, left that game up and running, and then you're just taking stuff from there to move over here. All props to these teams, you know, the Bungie team for working on this. It's fantastic. Uh-huh. But I'm not letting them get away with the marketing trick of calling it unvaulting content. Because they haven't unvaulted anything ever yet. So, put that aside. Um, th- so, so, nobody knows what's coming, and people thought that Swab was going to tell us what it was. Because people have been speculating that it's going to be Wrath of the Machine, or um, that it's going to be Cr- uh, Crota, the, the actual fighting... Or not Crota, what's his name? Uh, Oryx, his raid. Mm-hmm. Um... And and some people said maybe Crota, but a lot of people don't want it to be Crota. Or if they want, if Crota comes back, they want it to be like fully retooled, not like they did with um, the Atheon raid. Because the Atheon raid was fine; that mm-hmm. one didn't need any changes. The Crota raid, I don't know if you were you played Crota, I think, right? Like way back, yeah. it wasn't great. Like honestly, they should do Crota as a dungeon. The Crota would be a great dungeon. Yes, absolutely. Um, it just wasn't big enough for like a raid. It was mm-hmm. quick and it was small and it was. I mean, at the time, there's probably with like. I have a feeling they're just going to do it in chronological order. <laughs> yeah, that could be the case. Yeah, it very well could be. It would make sense. It does mm-hmm. make some sense. Um, the problem, like, Crota had that problem too, with because that was back in the days of self-resing warlocks, where you would just like let five people die, and then the warlock would die, and then immediately self-res, and the game would be like, well, for a minute there, all the players weren't on this side, mm-hmm. so open bridge. And then that one warlock <laughs> would just, like, res people or run right. across on his own or something. Or you could, like, sword over and then do it from there. There was all kinds of bugs to, like, skip encounters entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, and Crota had problems. You could, like, you could pull your network. If you were the host, you could pull your network cable while Crota was down on his knee, and he would stay there. And right. you would have, like, a DC issue, but all your friends could kill Crota. And then you would, like, reconnect, and then they would, like, rubber band and be like, okay, Crota was on his knee, and he took 18 million damage for some reason somehow. Okay, that makes sense. And he's dead. And, like, you'd be like, okay, we cleared it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like so you could skip a fight, basically skip a fight, and you only really had to deal with, like, the, the, witch, the witch lady who did the death song. And she wasn't that bad once you got your light level up and you were dealing with her. But anyway, I, I digress from that whole thing. Nobody knew what it was going to be. And people thought the 12 was going to tell us, but then they didn't. They didn't actually say what raid it is. They just said when it's coming. But that caused its own problem because when it's coming is on a Friday. And some of the previous raids have been Tuesdays and there's been some Fridays and then there was some Saturdays more recently and they've been doing Saturday more recently. And they didn't give any context. They just said it's coming Friday, August something, 20-something. Save the date. Um, and a lot of people were upset because it went from a Saturday to a Friday for, like, North American users. Like, our block specifically went from Saturday to Friday. Um, so a lot of people were upset. And uh, one of the community managers uh, from Bungie, I believe her Twitter handle is something like Dirty Ethan Hippie. Mm-hmm. Um, she's cool. She's great. She was talking to people and being like, hey, let me explain a little bit, like, 
we have burnout problems, we have crunch problems, like every game developer company, every publisher, all these groups. And one thing we can do to mitigate that is have our raid be on a Friday, because the last raid we had was on a Saturday, and you were there, so you remember that Val had a lot of problems. <laughs> um, there was a lot of things that went wrong, they had to disable several abilities on guns, on, on the artifact tree, like a lot of shit had to get disabled to make it happen. And they did not have a team on deck for that because it was a Saturday. So, you know, they, they, it was everyone's day off or, you know, they, they work Monday through Friday, pretty much as the whole studio. So Saturday was just like the overtime crew, skeleton crew, whatever they had mm -hmm. on hand, whoever would come in to help. Um, and so they were like, we've done that a few times and we've decided Friday is the best bet to go because it's not right on reset, but it's, we're going to be in the office that day. So we can all be on, we can be hands on deck, all 200 people or whatever it is ready to go for if something happens, you know what I mean? And a lot of people were okay with that, but it seems like, to me, the majority of people were upset still that their raid day got moved. And, you know, for those of you listening who don't really play Destiny, the main gripe here is that in the first 24 hours of a raid launch, you have what's called contest mode, where your light gets capped, your, your strength basically gets capped, so you can only be so powerful. And it makes it artificially hard. It's like a challenge mode. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? I think it's called contest mode, but it's a challenge mode. Right. Um, so that happens only for the first 24 hours. And if you complete the raid in the first 24 hours, you get a special, I believe it's an emblem that says you did it in 24 hours. Um, and there's, there's the world's first race, but that only really happens between like six teams that are going to win it and then like 100 people who think they're going to get it and they're not going to get it. Mm -hmm. So that's whatever. Um but I digress. You can you, you have a whole 24 hours to do it. You can come home from school or work that day and do it Friday night. You can do it, whatever. Right. Um, and, but yeah, so there was a lot of discourse going around. A lot of people were upset. Some people in the community were just absolute garbage about it. They were like, it was the weirdest thing to watch because people were like, you know, like Dirty F and Hippie came out and she was like, you know, we have burnout problems, crunch problems. We'd like to be able to do it on a day we're all in the office. So nobody has to like screw up their overtime, screw up their schedules. We don't have to move meetings and move dates for things and you know the team's already there working on other stuff but at least if it's on friday it's a lot easier to pull someone off their desk for a minute and be like hey 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 this thing just happened we need help than it is to like call someone on a saturday and be like i need you to drive into the office i know it's a two-hour commute but like you need to come in because a thing broke and you're not here right like i've gotten those calls before and um mm -hmm. Like, hey, we need you to come in. I'm like, I'm on the West Coast. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. That's the thing. You can't bank around that. Right. Yep. So so they were like, we did Friday because it, it made the most sense for us. And it makes a lot of sense still for a lot of players. There's a lot of players not in America who moving to Friday actually gives them a better chance of doing it because it moves their like thing ahead several hours. Mm -hmm. So they can also do stuff they wouldn't be able to do it too. Um. And they're like, yeah, so, you know, no no big deal. And a lot of people were mad and salty. And uh, um, I watched her go back and forth in, in a bunch of comments with people. And it's just, you're watching people who, like, they, it's it's so funny. You'll see people who are like, I'm all for game devs, and I'm all for preventing crunch, and I'm all for work-life balance, because we all need that. But <laughs> me want Destiny Saturday. And right. it's like, personal entertainment. Are you state. serious? Like, <laughs> Like your your values and your virtues crumble under the threat of a twenty four hour emblem from uh -huh. from Bungie, does they? And that's the and thing. Then, it's like it, it's an emblem that they'll give a shit about until like the next emblem comes out, which will be like two weeks from then. 
Dude, I only judge our raid teams by uh, Garden of Salvation uh, 24 hour emblems. That's the only way I play with people. <laughs> Some people do that, man. It, it's insane. Wild. Um, but yeah, and then so like, and then people in the comments were like, hey, you know, th there was there was a few solutions suggested by players, one of which was just have everyone work Saturday and have Monday off. Doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. You like either you, you have people either do a six day week and then a four day week because or you have to like move meetings, you have to move teams, you have to move this, move that. Everyone has to change sure. their schedules. If people have shit they do on Saturdays usually sucks for them. They have to be in there now. Like, like maybe moving no forward, they could plan yeah, around yeah. that, but like sure. raids around the corner, it's not we're not doing that now. Right. So that was not a thing. Um and then people were doing there was other people who were saying make the twenty four hour window a forty eight hour window. So you could still do it on Saturday and still get it. But it turns out that when they said, people were like, why don't you guys try a 48-hour window so people have a better chance to get the emblem? They can, people who wanted to do it on Saturday can still do it on Saturday mm -hmm. and get it. Um, they were like, well, because we received death threats. Because by opening up that window, more people were going to get the emblem. And that makes people mad that more people can get it. Um, for whatever ass-backward logic that is, that like it, it's literally the shittiest gatekeeping you can imagine. Sure. Like... You know, so so yeah, they were like, oh, well, then it would ruin the legitimacy of my emblem, and people were like, okay, dude. So yeah, threats were coming in for that, so they decided not to do that. Um, and then yeah, a bunch of a few other random bungee devs chimed in. And they're like, hey, we all work on that team too, and like I do things on Saturday with my kids. I have I I'm not even in town on Saturday, so I wouldn't be there. Right. And how many of us do that? I don't know, but it shouldn't have to be any of us. You know, like. You can't just look at the whole team and be like, who could be here on Saturday? And be like, oh, you know, this many people. It's like, no. Like, fundamentally, either they should or they should not be there. And if they should not be there, then you don't, you don't, you know, um, you don't, not capitalize. You don't um, destroy that system over the raid or whatever. Like, people can do it on Friday or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that was the whole thing. And then, and, and I'm laughing because I play Final Fantasy fourteen, and I'm like, dude, my raids come out on Tuesday and we just play on Tuesday. Like, it's the middle of the week and we just get on and play right. and it's not a problem. You just get on and do it. Like, we don't have, like, the world first race community as bad as, like, Destiny does. We're like, we still have world races and we still have world first and everything, but people don't get, they don't lose their shit about whether or not people get it. They're just happy when people get it. Nobody, like, gets mad about, like, extending windows or, like, when what day it falls on or having to take time off from work people just go home and play it or whatever but um but yeah so there was a lot of discourse about that and uh a lot of i'm very disappointed with the bungee community i will say because i yeah. read a lot of comments and like i didn't just skim i went through almost the entire thread that that dirty f and hippie had up and a majority of the people in there were like either being shitty outright or doing the like well, I get it. Like, you know, yeah, game dev, mental health, cool, great things, but my emblem. And it was like, come right. on, guys. Really shitty. Um, she ended up actually, she, she actually ended up getting off Twitter and uninstalling it from her phone, even, to get away from it for the weekend, I think. So, congrats. You guys wonder why Bungie doesn't talk to you guys as much anymore, or want to talk to you guys as much. You're literally driving that, uh, community managers off the internet <laughs> with your <laughs> bullshit. Right. So yeah, good good call, good good play. I'm sure it'll work out for you. And that's why I said the other day on Twitter. It's like, when did this community become so fucking toxic? Like the one big draw I, I really liked about the Destiny community was how inclusive it really boasted itself to be at a time. Um, yeah. 
and it's just uh, like you, you, there was a time where it's like, oh, I uh, you know people need to read clear or this or hey, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm deaf always bound or mm-hmm. I I can't get this because I I have a disability. They're like fucking come on over, we're gonna get you through this read clear, yeah. and, and it's like what happened to that community? Well, it feels like it feels like Bungie proper still does that stuff. We still get the Bungie days. We still have the donation drives. We still have like the inclusivity and like the 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 emblems they do, and they do all the right things for people and they help out people, but like. It feels like the community has gone sour. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. I'm not playing a game. Yeah, the de- I'm not sour. complaining about the devs whatsoever. Let me. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying it. it wasn't. It wasn't from the top. Like Bungie didn't lead people down this path. People just started going that way for some reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was it? We saw. We saw a little while ago. Remember, Bungie made a statement when Roe v. Wade happened, and the comments were just full of people giving Bungie shit over that opinion. Right. And it was like. I don't know what to tell you guys. Like, yeah, you know, it's a video game, but like. A lot of people's lives are impacted by these decisions, whichever way you feel about it. And if a company takes a stance, you know, if you don't like it, that's fine. But, like, what are you, you going to go on Twitter and yell at them? Like, right. And this, <laughs> okay, this is the, <laughs> that's going to work. These comments are coming from the people who are like, oh, corporations are people, too. And all of a sudden, okay, corporation person wants to make opinion. Oh, corporation, bad. Yeah. Stick, stick to making games. Yeah, yeah. It's like... Yeah, I love that go stuff. To I just, a, guy, a guy I watch... <laughs> I watch Angry Joe, and he just posted on politics last night about something... And people were like, ah, like, stick to video games. And it was like, these people aren't robots. Like, they have opinions, too. They use their account for whatever they feel like. The dude wants to post politics, he can post politics. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't tend to do that very often, but I bet if you go through my likes, you'll find me liking posts from people shitting on people that are in politics or talking about politics and discourse. Um, I just don't retweet anything ever because I'm lazy. But, (laughs) but yeah, no, it it was just wild to watch Bungie get shit for that, and then this happened. And then after this... It doesn't stop here. Um, like, within a day, I think it was uh, yesterday? Or was it today? Ooh, I'm getting a little blurry on that. Right after this whole raid discourse was, like, kind of happening and then finishing up, mm-hmm. um, a bug happened in Destiny 2 where you can send a person a whisper of, like, a specific uh, phrase or string that'll overload it, and it will kick that player that you whisper to to orbit. So you can actually just target a player at the tower or in any event, and you can just be like, whisper a message, and they will just go to orbit. Oh, I'm sure that was so, definitely not abused in Trials. Uh, well, that was the problem, was like, Trials was covered with people doing that. Uh, streamers, like, like streaming was a problem during mm-hmm. this window, and still is, I think, because um, you would have to disable the ability to receive whispers at all, like, lock sure. it to, like, friends only or something. Because otherwise, you'd be like, you'd be on stream, and you'd have ten viewers, and one of your viewers would just be like, "It's funny to do this," and they'd go find you and like whisper at you, and you'd get kicked to orbit or something. Like, it was wild. And then Bungie started banning people who were doing it because, well, they made an announcement and they were like, "Don't do this," because obviously, sending people to orbit while they're playing is really bad. Sure. Um, and they were like, "But it is a breach of terms of service because you're manipulating the network, basically, and we will be banning people who do this." So they were like, if you're doing it to your friends as a joke or something, don't, because we're not right. going to be able to tell the difference. Well, so... I think streamers were doing it too. Um, and those oh, yeah, people yeah. should streamers be good. Those yep. people should have like lifetime bans. I'm sorry. Just oh, done. yeah, absolutely. Just being shitty like that for no mm-hmm. reason. Um, and then, so yeah, that whole thing happened. And then, and then the discourse shifted to people being upset about like, oh, Bungie can ban people for this whisper kick thing, but they can't ban people for this, or they can't fix this gun, or they can't fix class restoration and PvP. And it's like, my guy, there's a difference between an ability in the game being too powerful for the game mode and you personally disliking it or maybe a bunch of people agreeing that it's too strong or too weak or something. 
versus an unintended mechanic where a player can remove you from the game. They can eject you from your play session. Right. One of those is significantly worse than the other, and I don't think you need me to tell you that. I don't think you're <laughs> acting in good faith. No, when you compare, compare, I can force kick a player from the entire game versus dude heals too much when he does dodge. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, come on, dude. That's not a valid criticism. Like, complaining about that PvP mode is fine, but stacking those two things together and saying, how can they do X and not Y is absolutely asinine. Like, one of those is a 7-alarm is a fire that they're going to respond to on the spot because it's ruining people's play experiences on a huge scale. And they had and to one of those is chat. like, Yeah, 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 exactly. And one of those is like, Oh, I hate when people use shotguns. Like, oh, come on, dude. I get it. It sucks. Don't play the mode. Come back in a week. Wait right. for the season to change. By all means, complain about that. Sure. But do not stack that up against an actual, like, virtual, like, network attack that kicks players from the game. 100%. It's not even comparable. And and no one who's making that comparison is either in good faith or if they're in good faith, you need to go back to school. <laughs> like I don't have to tell you. I just yeah. don't have a lot of sympathy for that kind of stuff. Oh, I don't like, either. I absolutely people not. love to make these it's horrible bad faith argument. What do they call it? People like to make these like aggrandizing statements of like. False you know what it reminds me of? Yeah, it reminds me. Yeah, it's a false dichotomy. It reminds me of like the you live in society, but you do society thing. Like right, right, right. Sure, like like people are capable of two things at once. Sure, but like. One of these things is not considered that much of a problem, or if it is a problem, it's the kind of problem that they're okay with to an extent. Mm-hmm. The other one is like, like one is one is like, it's it's like you're comparing like the price of a subway ticket, and like, is this really affordable in our economy these days? And then a bomb goes off at the subway station, and you're like, oh, you guys have time to send firefighters for the bomb at the subway station, but you can't change the price of my tickets, like to tell me, like, what are you talking about, dude? Come right, on, right? Not even comparable. One of these is, a, is an actual emergency. Like, oh, one you, of these you is criticize is like capitalism, but you take play, you take part in the only economic model available to you in your surroundings. Curious, like yeah, what I, argument are you I, making I love at that when, point? <laughs> I love that. It's like, well, if, if you don't like the if you don't like the wages at McDonald's, don't work there. And it's like, well, also they're going to work in Bumblefuck, Missouri. Right. There's three stores, <laughs> and one yeah. of them is Walmart. What do they do for a job? Oh, they could work whenever they want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're just gonna. <laughs> Yeah, you know, find a job. <laughs> lower, lower, lower class mobility is at an all time high right now. Dude, uh, 100% of people who are born into poverty come out of poverty when they die. Yeah. That's, You're not wrong. I can't, you can't make it up. Yeah. You can, but. You can. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a whole. But, like, it's, it was wild to watch people be like. I mean, and, and I think some of that I only saw because Dark was commenting on people and being like, bro, what the fuck is this take? Like. Because it's like they were literally being like, uh, you know, thing like this happens, and you guys are all over it. But you know, we want you to move the raid to Saturday, and you don't say anything. And it's like that's those are not the same things. Right. Like they're not at people all. People are like, ah, I can't even access the raid that I'm paying for, and it's like, my guy, the raid's there on Saturday. It's there on Sunday. <laughs> can't even It'll access be there it next Friday. Like, yeah, I get like the only thing I've seen valid come out of that whole discussion is that contest mode should be something players can select after the 24-hour window's over. And still do it and not get the emblem. And I agree. That would be cool. And if you tell Bungie I don't even care that... if they get the emblem or not. Let them have the fucking emblem. Yeah, yeah. Who gives a shit? Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> it, like, if you tell them, like, hey, yeah, contest mode should be a thing, that's a perfectly valid criticism. If your criticism is, why haven't they made contest mode a thing, but they're able to fix players being kicked from the game by other players chatting at them, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Th- those are not comparable in the slightest. 
Claire says, I just, Not need, worth the time. I just need Polaris Lance and I'm fine. I'll kill them across the map before they can use a shotgun. I'll tell you what, no one oh in PvP God. uses Polaris Lance. Claire uses Polaris Lance and does numbers. I, she, I would, I don't, would <laughs> never want to be on the opposite side of um, <laughs> that firefight, that is for sure. <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. She can shoot. All right. But yeah, so, so Destiny's just had... The community has been rocky the last few days. And I... Don't know how else to put this nicely, but a, a good chunk of the player base needs to grow the fuck up. Yeah, I, there's stuff. Stop treating to be like... this game like their lifestyle. It's not <laughs> your personality, right? Like, I get it. If you love this game, that's great. I love video games. I have games. I have my walls are covered with posters. I have shirts. I'm wearing a Kingdom Hearts shirt and a Kingdom Hearts necklace. My wallet's Kingdom Hearts, and I still don't act like Kingdom Hearts Three was a ten out of ten game because I know better. Mm-hmm. It doesn't control my life to be like. Yeah, I have to defend this franchise to the to the death. Or if this franchise doesn't meet my demands, I'm gonna eat a baby. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> what if? <laughs> what if? Yeah, just, yeah. Nomura is like Kingdom Hearts Four Special Edition. Eat a baby, and we'll send it to you. And I'm like, yeah. Well, just a real quick reminder out there to to people in the Destiny community: you are not Aztec Cross, you are not Dado, you are not Glad. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw somebody Why would you want to be those people? That. What's they up? Were like, somebody the other day, they were joking, and they were like, you know, they were like, oh, I have just... Uh, they were like, oh, I'm gonna, um... I'm gonna do World First. And it was like a dude with like 10 followers that I'd never heard of. Which, okay, sure, maybe he's really good. I can't mm-hmm. judge him on that, obviously. Sure. Um, but it was just really funny, because he's like, I have as many raid... I have, I have as many World First clears as Dotto, which... I think it was like a joke that he has zero, technically, oh, he right? Because he hasn't okay. actually gotten one. <laughs> That's fair. And I was like... I mean, hey, if you want to make the comparison that you're as good as that player because you both have zero world first, well, then I'm as good as him too. Sure. So, but we're not being we're being facetious at that point. You're not you're not actually telling me that you're missing out on your chance to get world first because of Bungie moving it to Friday. I guarantee. I'm when confident this is that it was probably done, just a joke, but I'm fine. Yeah, with yeah. That. Oh, for sure, it was. No, yeah, it was just funny because I was like, I'll say that too. Then if we're gonna do that whole thing, sure. I'll be like, listen, I'm as good as Dado as all you players are, so. I have just as much right to to say that you all are idiots about this, but but yeah. yeah so that whole thing happened, and and it, it was it kind of breaks my heart because I'm I'm big on uh, Twitch or on Twitter. Sorry, I'm big on Twitter in the game dev communities, and I I follow a lot of devs, and I see the reactions when people there, there was already discourse going into this about crunch and about mm-hmm. devs being burnt out. Um, the guy from Ubisoft, that guy Joe that I was talking about last week or two weeks ago about how he had an whole article written about him because he said gamers are entitled sometimes and they need to stop and stop harassing devs. I mean, the dude makes art for, like, Ubisoft games. Mm-hmm. And people were, like, giving him death threats and being like, I fucking hate how Assassin's Creed played. And it's like, my guy, he drew models yeah. for that game. He doesn't he have anything to do with that. He doesn't like... do anything with that. People are like, oh, you guys, you ruined Division 2. And he's like, Dude, I did backgrounds and set pieces in Division 2. I didn't make he, Division 2 stuck, quote-unquote, according to you. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I didn't that's make the, the thing decision too. to make like, Division a mobile game. Imagine saying like, that to an artist who had nothing to do with that project. He just happens to work for that company as a whole. Just like, getting geez. messages that are like, Division, the next Division game is on mobile, and I think you should all die over it. And it's like... Fair. That's fair. What are you... Like, what even? Like, okay. But, I, no, I so seeing that the... happen being angry at shitty development and the way that the game industry is going. I am oh, just sure. as angry as anyone else. But to oh, sit yeah, there absolutely. and tell people to kill themselves or send them death threats or threaten to burn down Bungie's headquarters. Yep. 
it just makes you a fucking incel at the end or, of the day. Or defend people who want to burn the headquarters down by saying he was just being edgy. Right. <laughs> like, you don't have, like, multiple shootings a day, bomb attacks. Like, like this shit doesn't just happen out there. Right. But okay. And and the dude was in the same area within, like, 30 minutes of the place. It wasn't like he was, like, in Florida and yelling at... And he, like, deliberately he moved there, did he not? Yeah, he moved there to chase a CM, like, to get close to a CM till he could, so he could fuck with him. And this was after 14 bands. Like, right. on a side note, fuck that kid. <laughs> oh, he's only 17. It's going to yeah, ruin his life. He's just being edgy. No, it won't. Moving across the country <laughs> to harass employees of a game company is just being edgy. Fuck off. There's like DJ or whoever, CM4 or somebody. And then my favorite right. part was they were like, he's only 17. It's going to ruin his life. And I was like, one, it's not going to. Two, it should. But sure. <laughs> yeah. No, unfortunately, it will not ruin this guy's life. He will he will not learn a lesson. He will no. consider himself a victim, right. and he will go on to to I don't know. Uh, his record will get expunged, and then uh, he turns eighteen, he will probably do something. Yeah, he'll he'll show up eighteen, nineteen years at some business or some company. He'll get arrested again. He'll 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 shoot up an ice cream shop because they wouldn't give him his flavor anymore because they canceled it. And he mm. was like, "How dare you? I pay your paychecks. I'm yeah, basically can... your boss." I could fuck up a blizzard right now. You mentioned ice cream. Oh man! But no, so like it's just, it's just it's I I went on a huge blocking spree because lately this the past month or so has been a lot of like game dev crunch discourse and people talking about burnout and stuff and people giving people shit about it and and with this kid getting sued by Bungie and then the things happening with the raid and then the things happening with this with this chat problem and all mm -hmm. this. Um, I am at a point where I just don't care. I've just been blocking people because if these are the people, this is the way they're going to act. I don't care if down the road I want these people's support on my streams or on my game projects. I don't want these people in my community, and I'm not right. going to sit here and just let that fester. Because God forbid if I went viral one day and a bunch of these people went to go look at my Twitter profile and they were like, yeah, this guy makes a video game. Let's go follow his game. And now I've got 200, 300 viewers who are all these people. Mm -hmm. Making death threats and saying like this, that, and the other. Like, no, you don't set foot in my community. I'll show you the door before you even get there. Fair enough. So, and they're never gonna know who I am, so it doesn't even matter. And if I ever somehow get big enough that it matters, and a bunch of people start being like, "Why does this guy have all these people blocked from these communities? Like a bunch of Destiny players and a bunch of this and a bunch of that." I'm gonna be like, "Why do you think I blocked you guys? Well, you that's think the great I just thing. Went you get to make that announcement that I've only blocked people that I've seen be, be assholes and that have demonstrated that they were assholes in the past. So. If that's all Preemptive. I ever do. I right. only ever block people if and, and and not like one post, but like people who are like coming back and coming back to be like, I'm a piece of shit and I double down on it and I triple down on it and these people deserve to have death threats. Or like or people who are like, Oh, I don't you know, I don't I don't think we need to have burnout, but why can't they just work the Saturday? And then people will be like like Dirty F and Hippie will be like, because it messes with our schedules, it messes with meetings, it messes with work life balance, it causes burnout for some people. Exactly. It's literally crunch for some people. Like there's no way around it. Some people are not gonna be able to work that Saturday. Or would have to work Monday through Friday to meet their normal work quota and then they'll be there on Saturday because of this thing. It causes crunch eight ways from Sunday, there's no way fans are butts about it. And then they'll be like yeah, but it's only, like, two weekends a year, and it's, like, you don't understand how any of, like, you don't understand this type of management, you don't understand um, waterfall management, you don't understand, like, uh, what's it called, agile, you've not been in this type of line of work, then, if that's how you feel about it, because sure. I know you, in your line of work, can't even flip onto a Saturday that easily, and you're not a 200-person studio, so, like, don't fucking tell me that you could just move everything around. Meetings could move. Right. Milestones could change. Like, no. That's not how that works. Like, maybe, like you said, if they picked a Saturday for the next raid three to six months out, 
sure, it's doable. Mm -hmm. They're not going to do it now. And they made the decision the way they made it for a reason. To prevent crunch, prevent burnout, and for the employees' best interest. Because at the end of the day, we want our companies to take care of the employees. That's why we get mad at Activision. That's why we get mad at Blizzard. That's why we get mad at Ubisoft. That's why we have problems with these companies. We have problems with Unity for what they do. It's always about the people's experiences and utility, quality of life for people. Like, it's just, just you know, what you would want from other people. The employees alone that have to figure out childcare for that oh, dude, on a it's weekend. A um, yeah. it's exp- childcare is already expensive as shit. Um, and it's not even like. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. But like, but even even if you said, okay, the next raid's gonna be on a Saturday, and you told the staff today that the next raid will be out on March twenty first of next year, and it's gonna be on a Saturday, even with six months warning, some people's lives are kind of fucked by that. Maybe mm-hmm. there's people who do a thing every Saturday. Maybe right. there's people who cannot work Saturday because their spouse works Saturday, and they have to be there for their kids. Maybe or there's people maybe who have, have a second job. Like, it could be anything, and and it's valid that they have these things that keeps that precludes them from working that Saturday because they agreed to a company schedule where they don't work that Saturday. Right. That was the whole point in the first place. They probably got the job on purpose to do that, or they got a second job based around the fact that they don't work Saturdays. Like, there's no amount of time I think you could give people where every single person would be okay with it, and that's sure. fine. They shouldn't have to. One hundred percent. Um, and that's the whole point of the argument about crunch and and burnout is like, you. It, it's sort of like an immutable characteristic of like a developer or a person working a schedule is like they may not be able to work that day. And there's no getting around that. And it's a slippery I know slope. You, you do it once, it becomes easier to force it on your employees every time. Well, yeah, it's, three times a, it's only three times a year, then it's only four times a year, and then it's only every season, and then it's only every... And it's only every other Saturday. Yeah, it's, like, it's only one Saturday a month. And it's like, okay, but what are we doing here? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... It's frustrating to watch, like going into the game dev industry and watching that. Like, there's so many people out there who are like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'll donate to like." And, and these are the people, like some of these people, they donate to the bungee campaigns, they donate to the the charity causes, and they 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 have similar politics to Bungie, and they agree with them on their positions. But when it comes down to like them getting all of a sudden a thing's not going exactly the way they want it, now it's a problem. And they do this passive aggressive, like I'm just saying, well, why can't we just do a little bit? And it's like, see. Just yeah. a little bit is the problem. Because these are the kinds of arguments that people personal make. Personal entertainment like, has been minor, minor, minorly inconvenienced. Well, yeah. And <laughs> it's like you ask people morals. You'd be like, is stealing wrong? And they're like, yeah. And you're like, what about if you were starving and you needed it to survive? And they're like, well, then I could steal a little bit. And it's like, I'm not making the argument that stealing is bad because I think there are situations where stealing is fine. If it mm-hmm. was like something ridiculous, like you're starving and there's a target. Target's not going to close because you stole a sandwich, but you won't starve in the street if you steal that sandwich. But, I mean, we're talking about like extremes. But like, if your thing doesn't hold up in the extremes, then it doesn't hold up. If you can't tell me 100% of the time stealing is bad, or if you can't define the barriers and the systems and the situations that cause it to be good or bad, and you just say, well, maybe just this time, or maybe just that time, if you compromise on those things and you move off those positions, then I can't expect you to take those things seriously. Mm-hmm. So when your position is like people shouldn't be, you know, miserable and burnout and crunch, but maybe a little bit of crunch because I really like cyberpunk, maybe a little bit of burnout because I, I really enjoy Rainbow Six Siege, maybe a little bit of crunch at Riot just because I really like League of Legends, maybe, maybe like one or two weekends of burnout, maybe, maybe right. only two employees have a mental breakdown but, instead of the but whole games, team. They don't want to play. And they see other people doing what they're doing, they'll be the first piece and people are like, oh, oh I can't absolutely. believe they would do something like that. I first, can't believe they would expect people, to crunch out of them. 
first people to give riot shit for the way they treat women in the industry and then turn around and be like, but I like Blizzard and I like Activision. And it's like, okay. You guys are, you guys are all about it. Every, every time, you know, I've seen people who say shit about like Bungie's accusations from a few years ago. And then they'll be like playing Diablo Immortal and they're like, oh yeah, I love Activision Blizzard. And it's like, how do you feel about the stuff that happened with them? You said you don't play Destiny because a couple of girls said they were assaulted two years ago and Bungie apologized and you mm-hmm. didn't like their apology. Why do you play an Activision Blizzard game? I'm not saying boycotting is, a, is an effective strategy, but you are, as the person who's not playing it, why then do you play a game from a studio who objectively has worse blood on their hands, literally? And they'll be like, I just didn't feel like the breast milk stealing was a big deal, and maybe that girl would have died anyway. And you're like... Yeah, 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 I get it. <laughs> there he goes. I, no, I totally get it. Um, like, you're kidding me, right? What yeah. are your morals even? What are your values even? You hold them so dearly, you throw fits over this stuff, and then you don't even, you don't, you don't even know what they are. I don't know. That, that just bugs me in general, but that's not a Destiny thing. That's like everybody thing. No, you're but I saw correct. a lot of it on display on Twitter with Destiny this past week. And, and it, was, it was, like, badly timed because it was on the back of this game industry problem of a lot of, peop- a lot of devs being like, stop treating devs like shit. And then this happened at Bungie, and it was like, oh, boy, it all came to one place. Yep. But, yeah. Oh, man, I could, I could go about this, but I don't <laughs> I know you could. be because I think, I think I would just end up running the same tracks that I've laid already. Sure. We see that a lot in this podcast. I mean, we just see just the same themes coming over, you know, coming and going over and over and over again. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, it's just a product of like being passionate about this stuff. Is like we're gonna end up remaking the case because it's of course it's a thing that we care about or whatever. Like I, I felt bad at the beginning of the show because we brought up the game design in Breath of the Wild, and when we start talking about actual game design mechanics and things like that, I get into it. So I was like, oh, yeah, I have whole kinds of things to say about this. And then I, <laughs> after 10 minutes, I was like, okay, we're in like the opening crawl of like the quick headlines. I should probably shut up and we can move on. <laughs> You're fine. Um, um, no, that's cool. Just... You just happen to catch me on a topic that I like to talk about, like the, the raw design mechanics or the, the player, the way you handle your player interactions and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, big fan of that stuff. No doubt. <laughs> I get it, man. Yeah. All right. Let's no, move on. These people are crazy. Um, let's uh, get down to wrapping things up here. So next up here, we have uh, upcoming game releases. And if you guys have been meaning to catch up on your back catalog, this is the week to do it, uh, especially for all you, um, you know, Xenogears 3 fans out there looking to dig into a, what, what will probably be a 150-hour-plus game. Um, we have a, a light a light re- release schedule this week, to say the least. Um, so let's dig into it here. We have South of the Circle coming out on PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox Series X and S. Xbox One, Switch, and PC. That comes out August 3rd. Um, Turbo Golf Racing. Um, for all those Turbo Golf Racing fans out there that have been um, waiting for this, then now's your chance. Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC comes out August 4th. Yes. I, I need to say this. Was it Turbo Golf Racing? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've been emailing the Turbo Golf Racing devs and telling them that I was going to hang them if they didn't get this game out faster. So I'm glad to hear that it's finally out. Right. I, I, I don't like people getting hurt, but I really needed my turbo golf racing. Well, I'm just glad you can return that rope to Lowe's now. Home Depot. Close <laughs> I'm enough. sorry. I'm just, you got you got the, the orange rope, not the blue rope. Um... <laughs> Please don't tell me that's a thing that they sell. Oh, I'm sure it is. Dude, <laughs> um, 
I, when I worked at Lowe's back in the day, their in-house brown branded like five-gallon buckets were like the thing, and then Home Depot did it. I forget who did it first, but then now it's like the thing. Like you walk into the store, there are just piles and piles and piles of just five-gallon fucking buckets. Oh yeah, I remember when I was at Home Depot. I remember they had the orange buckets, and it was uh-huh. like their thing. It was like they're orange, and I was like, but they're buckets, and they're like, but they're orange buckets, and I was like, yeah, it's like okay, I get it, but it's, it's marketing, but like. It's a bucket. Right. It's like, oh my god, I do that like at the pro desk and they have like orange rope. And it's like <laughs> I wouldn't be rope, surprised. Pro pro rope and it's like ten dollars yeah. extra. <laughs> oh uh, my god. Then, you, sorry, I got excited about the golf racing. We got a board up. again. I, <laughs> <laughs> turbo golf racing. I'm sorry, I'm All sure right. someone worked hard on this game, but I'm sorry. I have the terrible part. No, this isn't like an, an indictment of the gaming bad or anything. It's yeah. just like a joke of the obscurity of it. Sure. Um, Turbo Golf Racing. All right. Yeah. And then Recipe for Disaster comes out on PC August 5th. And ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for the upcoming game releases. So like I said, get out there, work on that back catalogs, um, and uh, get some games. Oh. I should take my own advice at some point here. To be fair, I would consider the PlayStation stuff coming as part of the upcoming releases because that all opens up like tomorrow, right? Or no, Tuesday. Yeah, tomorrow. Does it fall tomorrow? Oh, the um, or, August games. No, Tuesday. Tuesday would be the second. Yeah. Yeah, those should be available this Tuesday, right? Sometime this week. Yeah, Tuesday sounds about right. But um, and those were what were those? Those were good titles this week. This month. Yeah, Tony Hawk. Um. Yep. Little nightmares um, and what was that third one? Yakuza like a dragon. That was the unique. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the unique okay. Yakuza. That was kind of more like a turn-based RPG. Um, right. So, uh, so to be fair, your your release week is a little bolstered if you have PlayStation Plus. It's true because there's, from my understanding, all three of those games are in their own right really good games. Um, I played Tony Hawk a long time ago, so obviously. No idea how they hold up in the remaster. I heard good things about the remasters, but I didn't look. All I know is that Tony Hawk like died when they were like, "We're making a new Tony Hawk, and it's an NFT game." And everybody was like, "Oh, why?" <laughs> mm. Um, they're really doing yeah, that. You didn't see that? Uh uh-uh. uh Oh, how did that get um, onto my radar? I don't even. Want to, I don't want to know. <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up. We can talk about it later. Yeah, but yeah. It's it's the new Tony Hawk game is all NFTs. Jesus if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was crypto. I think it was NFTs though. Yeah, yeah, it was NFTs because people were like disappointed that Tony Hawk in particular got involved in that because it's right. got his name on. Um, and I would not be shocked if that's uh, something they back away from at this point. Yeah, Tony Hawk is building an NFT skate park in the metaverse. Oh God, is what it was. Enough of that shit. Fun, fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Uh, if if turbo if turbo racing golf isn't enough to whet your appetite for a week, then you can play Yakuza Like a Dragon, or you can play. I forgot the other two already. That's fine. Little nightmares and um, yeah, that Yakuza one. Like a Dragon. Yeah, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Little Nightmares, and Tony Hawk. Dude, are you all right? <laughs> I don't remember the last one. Tony Hawk, little but um. Oh yeah, yeah, we were talking about Tony Hawk. Yeah, <laughs> listen, it's been it's been a draining episode, having to yell about these people on Twitch, well, on Twitter. We're gonna make sure you get some great Gatorade for the next episode. Yeah, yeah. No, um. So there's there's plenty there. Like if you've if you've never played Little Nightmares, it's like a like a atmospheric platforming kind of game with some puzzle solving. Mm-hmm. Um, Yakuza is a turn-based RPG that's set in a great universe. The Yakuza universe is really cool. 
and the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 games uh, are classics and are worth revisiting if you've played them before or never played them in the first place. And if you've got a PlayStation, play those. If you don't have a PlayStation, walk down to your local Walmart, slap slap some money on the counter and get a PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, get some plus. Like play some do. skate. Play some skate game. Not skate, not skate game. It's a different game, but it's a skate game. And then, yeah. <laughs> Turbo Golf Racing. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, next segment here. Well, let's get into our week in gaming history. Um, big juicy list this week. That's the way we like them. Um, so we had be old, aren't I? What's up? I'm gonna be old, aren't I? You're gonna feel real old on this one. Um, so we had Pikmin three release on the Wii U nine years ago. Uh, Castlevania Harmony of Despair came out on the Xbox 360 12 years ago. Doom three came out on the PC 18 years ago. Silent Hill 3 on the PS2 came out 19 years ago. Uh, Comic Zone for the Sega Genesis. I remember playing this the first time on my friend's Sega channel. Um, what a weird setup that was. Uh, but yeah, 27 years ago on that one. Earthworm Jim. Um, funny story, my nickname in college was uh, Girthworm Jim. Uh, Sega Genesis, 28 years ago. <laughs> Mortal, Mortal Kombat came out on the arcades um, 30 years ago. Mario Paint, beloved Mario Paint, came out on the SNES 30 years ago. I don't think he's going to recover for that one, guys. Um, and then the Punch-Out reissue, after Mike Tyson got himself into a little trouble, Nintendo re-released Mike Tyson's Punch-Out as just regular Punch-Out. Uh, that came out 32 years ago. And then Super Mario World on the Game Boy, 33 years ago. Um wow. I guess it was just was it just Super Mario then? I think it was just Super Mario. I think it was that must be Super Mario Land, right? Is yeah, what they something it? like that. That one with like the bouncing the bouncing ball right. ability. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. That's on your background, actually. There it is. Yeah, Donkey Kong. It's on the Game Boy that they're playing. Yep. Um, um, the last but not least. Oh no, never mind. That's Donkey Kong. <laughs> I'm yeah. wrong. That's why it's... we the, the 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 one you showed. That as the background for the the those Game Boys that they're making that store the games there. Oh, all the that analog stuff, pocket, yeah, yeah. They had Super Mario Land on one of their screens. Right, right. Um, twenty three years ago, the Neo Geo Pocket Color launched. Um, wow. I have mine here. I actually have two. I have this one. This is the one I put in with a backlit or yeah, the actual backlit screen, and I have a frontlit version too before they actually came out with that backlit kit. Um, so yeah, those are good times. I, I love this system. So so under the radar, but so worth getting. Um, if Never you have, touched it. It's good. Let's look into it. Great little set of games. Graphically, it's kind of written between like Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Color. Um, but they had some great titles on there. A lot of fighting games, obviously, because it's published by SNK. Um, right. But yeah, they had a lot of good titles there. Um, so that's all. Two questions. Got. Yeah, go ahead. One. Um... Go back through the list of games real quick. There was one that you said that Mike Tyson's Punch Out got redone as just Punch Out. Yes. Was that as a result of like a thing that happened? Was that the ear biting incident or something? No, this is long before. So Mike Tyson got long himself before, into right? a little yeah. trouble. I don't know if we're allowed to say the word on social or on Twitch. So I'm not going to. We can talk about it after the show. But yeah, he got himself into a little sure. trouble. Um, ended up sure, doing sure. some jail time and um. Nintendo basically had to rebrand the game as just Punch-Out, so there's two versions of the game. There's um, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, where you fight Mike Tyson at the end, and then mm -hmm. Punch-Out, where you fight a character called Mr. Dream at the end. Um, so Okay, I remember the Mr. Dream, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, that's funny. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting. The other thing I was going to mention was actually a separate conversation I was having with a friend of mine today. Um, He had never seen that there was a... You'll have to vouch for this because I don't know the the legitimacy of his statements. Mm -hmm. But he said that there was a Game Boy that was hard to find. It was like a Game Boy Lite. It yes. was a, a traditional Game Boy Pocket, but like with the lights back screen. Yes. That came later. Okay. Yeah, I actually Interesting. have one right here. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, cool. so I imported it from Japan. Um, it didn't come with a battery door. That's what I was trying to 3D print. So I did 3D print a battery door oh. for it. Um, okay. So I don't. Let me see if I can get some batteries in it real quick and I can demo it here. So if you know what um, Indiglo is on like. Was it Timex watches? Mm-hmm. Um, it it did that. So yeah, they're not. I wouldn't say they're rare, but they are hard to find. Obviously, in the United States because they were never released in the United States. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a Game yeah, Boy yeah. Pocket frame. Um, let me see if I can find a game for it quick. The old the old yeah, blow test. We had so I was talking to, to Lionheart and mm-hmm. my my friend. We call him Fusco. We were talking. To the, I was talking to them and. Um, Lionheart had said that he didn't know there was a Target Edition Game Boy Advance. Yes, there is a he Target like, and a, a Toys R Us one. Um, the Target one is like bright red and has a Target logo on it, which I was like, why would anyone want that? But now it's like big in collector circles. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but there's also a Toys R Us one, which I don't have on me at the time at right now. Um, it's in my yeah. work bag actually. Um, but that one has a Toys R Us logo on it. I figured because Toys R Us is no longer around anymore, I snagged up one of those sure. and I put in a no solder kit so that it's reversible. Oh, nice, nice. Um, um yeah, yeah. So he he was like he was like, what is this? Like, where do I get it? And then that's when Fusco was like. I recently found out my life was a lie because I told everyone I have all the different types of Game Boys, and then I find out there's a Game Boy Light, which is a Game mm-hmm. Boy Pocket with a light screen. Yep. And I had never seen that one either because when I was growing up, I had Game Boy and then Pocket, and then was it Advance? Mm-hmm. Well, Game Boy Color the then DS? Advance, right? Game Boy Color, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had I had a no, okay. So I didn't have the original Game Boy, but I think my someone in my family did. Maybe like like an aunt or someone weird had mm-hmm. one like the big brick mm-hmm. and then i got, I got a pocket and then i got a color mm-hmm. and then i went to the advance and then the ds light and down the line and i had never seen the the game boy pocket with like the light screen like that and he sure. sent me a picture of it and i was like oh holy shit look at that that's weird not weird but like a thing i've never seen i guess right so here yeah here oh, it is cool. and this is going to be probably hard to pick up on camera because green screen yeah so i'll i'll sure. take i'll put some pictures of it on the in the discord but yeah this is the game boy light um which is mm-hmm. like you said it's a game boy color uh or not i'm sorry game boy pocket um but what it does is you have like an on off and then you can slide it over to the light and which is nice cuz you can determine like you can turn it off and on as you need to it doesn't like reset the game or right. anything like that because Back oh, in the day, yeah, yeah. hardware was just like that. Um, right. But yeah, it's pretty cool. I have like the 3D printed battery door on it. Um, I'm going to eventually reshell this. You can finally get sh- new shells for these. Um, this one's like a champagne color. That shell doesn't exist. So I'm kind of holding out for that just to get it because I like this color. Um, but they, yeah, I think that's gets... exactly what he sent me. Yeah. That color. So <laughs> yeah. I really, yeah, I really like this, this thing. And I had to get one because it's, you know, again, a piece of history that. Uh, was only released in Japan, so yeah, definitely, definitely one of my favorite pieces here. <clears throat> okay, that explains why I've never seen it because 
he didn't even know it existed. And I was mm-hmm. like, dude, I've never seen it. And I've seen like I've seen like the Game Boy like micro thing. I've seen a bunch of other random little offshoot Game Boy things, mm-hmm. but I've never seen that one. <laughs> See, I have a Game Boy micro sitting around here. I have the Famicom micro, which is like I think one of the more um, sought after ones now. And I just I happened to see it at a game store. 2005 2006 i'm like this would be perfect to play chain of memories and at work uh mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and have no one bother me with it good and good plan i agree with that absolutely plan. picked it up for 40 dollars. that thing goes for like bucket money now it's like on, on ebay now um let me see if i can find out yeah wild they have a a mono micro that goes for a shit ton of money especially complete in box yeah, um, that's funny when i was when when i first met leisha her little brother had a camouflage color micro mm-hmm. and, and i'm pretty sure it got plates. like i'm pretty sure it got beat to hell and got thrown out or something <laughs> so, <laughs> i believe it yeah, yeah they came with like interchangeable face plates and stuff and you can get um new face plates now like people have been making them um cool. third party but yeah so they have one here uh, a game boy micro famicom 190 dollars not even with a charger it's just the, just the game console itself um uh, 159 186 so i mean it's yeah you're doing numbers up there with those uh let me see if i can find the so there's um oops there's a final fantasy dawn of souls micro where the hell is it uh, am i even going to find oh. it now oh. um No, 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 it wasn't. It was, I think, Final Fantasy V, four. Um, that one, okay. out of box console by itself, two hundred and seventy dollars. Um, but that one has um, Yoshitaka Amano art all over it. It's phenomenal looking. Wow. Um, but yeah, that that one's that one's a hard hard, hard piece to get. I'll get again. I think that one was not released in the United States. Complete in box, I'm seeing five hundred ninety nine dollars. Sealed, fourteen hundred eighty dollars. Right. So, what's well, like? Oh, what was it? Let me see what I can find. There was, um, I follow a collector on Twitter who collects like Final Fantasy stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, she finds the wildest shit that I never even even knew existed. Sometimes, um, she found a Final Fantasy fourteen Heaven's Word limited edition PlayStation Vita. Hmm. I don't even know why that exists. Why? Does it exist? Right? I was like, you're kidding me. But nope, she posted a picture. It's got Kane on the back and some house, like, clan work stuff. And it says Heaven's Ward in the Dead Center. And I was like, you're fucking kidding me. Very rare. Not many were made. Sold in Japan in 2015. I was like, why? Dude, why Japan gets so many, like, Japan-only consoles that are incredible. But again, like, were they planning on putting 14 on the Vita? Like, I just... Well, I think, on, I think you can remote play using the Vita. That's Yeah, that's true. And that's probably what they were looking at was like people can remote play, but like, why would you remote play 14 on a Vita? <laughs> I don't know. It seemed wild. Maybe maybe they thought like maybe the Vita's remote play system made it for like a better controller experience than yeah. like trying to use the DualShocks or something. But Here's yeah, one that's a... I, I saw her post that and I was like, what is this? Here's one. It's a Final Fantasy uh, 10, 10 2 back, back plate. I don't know if it's just a skin. Yep. Oh, if it's like a plate, yeah. Or if it's... That I couldn't tell you. It's not really giving me a much there, but yeah, the Heaven's Ward. No, this is this is an, uh, a Japan only. They did a Dragon Quest Builders one. Again, oh, wow. I don't think there was a Dragon Quest Builders on the Vita. I don't. I don't know. It, I that one. <laughs> oh, that one comes with like a little. Um, 
headphone jack cap that's a slime. You stick it in the headphone jack and it just sticks on your play, on your Vita. That's pretty wild. Headphone huh. jack? What is that? <laughs> I don't know. Is that like a thing that does the thing? What is that all about? A- ask Apple. Ask Apple. Oh, I thought, <laughs> dude, I get mad because I, I have the newest Android phone and it doesn't have one. And I'm like, yep. it's one of those things I've gotten used to because I have Bluetooth headphones, so I don't really care. But it was one of those like, I don't know, just weird. Weird to see it go away, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I have to pee really bad, so we're gonna end the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, make sure you catch me over on Twitter, Game Dude Retro. Um, definitely be posting a lot on there lately, and of course, you know where I'm at on Twitch, um, Retro Game Dude on TikTok as well. And um, so, Super Scope Podcast will be back next Sunday, of course, and then we have the Tuesday and Wednesday streams. Um, looking to do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Tuesday, and then Wednesday if. All, everything, all the stars aligned, we'll do the Game Boy Color uh, mod. And then, um, of course, Jackbox on Saturday. Everyone is invited to come play. Uh, we always have a good time. Um, always gets a lot of hand, and that's that's what I uh, that's what we like. So um, make sure you join the Discord. It's in the About section on my, on my um, Twitch page as well. So that's all we have for this week. But again, we'll see you then next week. Uh, have a great week, everyone.